0: Hey, Cinefans. It's Heather and Jason here with you. Uh, we're going to be doing a fun episode for you that we actually had already um, done a recording of with Sterling with us. And unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties, um, we're having to re-record that and Sterling had a scheduling conflict. So it's just going to be Jason and me doing this today, but we're going to do our best to make it authentic and just kind of give you a good feel for it and give you some good options. We're going to be talking about favorite and least favorite movie endings and sort of everything in between with, you know, twist endings, alternate endings, things like that with TV shows and movies. So that's what we're discussing today. And um, we're going to kick it off now. Sterling, cue the music. Okay, so, Justin, do you want to start us off with some of your favorite TV and movie endings?
1: Yes, I will. Um, This has always been a fun and kind of a fascinating subject because endings just mean so much to a movie. I think that a lot of movies can, you know, can be made or broken based on what happens at the end does it keep the audience wanting more does it answer all the unanswered questions is it a good cliffhanger whatever the case may be man endings are super significant and normally the good ones you remember the good ones always uh stand out in your mind and i want to just quickly thank uh all the people that chimed in. We had a bunch of responses to this when we posed the question on our Cinema Slayers um, like page on Facebook of what everybody's favorite uh, movies were. And of course, we'll we'll dive into those a little bit later on. But uh, I was happy to see so many responses. And so it just reminded you of so many like good movies that had solid endings or made you kind of think what you felt when you saw them and different things like that. And I enjoyed a lot of the comments and submissions I saw, but there are a few endings on my list that I didn't see anybody talk about. And I was really, really shocked that uh, that no fans mentioned these movies, especially this one that I'm going to mention. The Because I just, I know, fans, if you listen to this, In your heart of hearts, you know that this should have been on your list. You know (laughs) that this should have been one of the first ones to come to your mind. So I've got to bust that bubble and tell you the truth. And I'm going to do that with the number one ending uh, here on my list is Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. And uh, we actually happen to be recording this on May 4th. So with the whole May the 4th be with you craze going on tonight, it's actually kind of fitting that I'm talking about this one first. Um, So even though this recording may not be on that date, that's the date that we're on. So, but I mean, come on guys. How come nobody said it boggles my mind that nobody said the empire strikes back (laughs) because that ending is one, if not the best, cliffhanger ending that I've seen in just about anything. I mean, all of the intrigue that happened at the end of that of that Star Wars movie, the fact that Luke Skywalker has this epic battle with Darth Vader, it ends with Darth Vader revealing to Luke Skywalker that he was his father. And I mean, that coined, I mean, anytime you hear a, I am your father in some sort of spoof or spoof or in some sort of sitcom or some sort of show, anytime you're a cartoon character go, I am your father. That's what they're referencing. They're referencing the end of Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back and then everything with uh, with Luke's arm getting chopped off and him falling down into one of the corridors of the Death Star and it just really... Um, And he's, I think he's rescued by Leia or maybe Han Solo and they ride off. And now Darth Vader has reassumed his power with the empire. And it really is just such a great, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? type of ending. So I really think that that just stands out as one of the greatest ones and I really think that that is why typically Empire Strikes Back is considered the greatest Star Wars movie. A lot of that has to do with the fact that yes, it has one of the greatest endings.
0: Yeah, cuz I think even even people that like don't really follow Star Wars or have seen all of them or whatever it may be Everyone knows that like I am your father thing, you know, like it's just it's so like a pop culture thing and it's still just. To this day, people know what that is, even if they haven't seen it. Like I've seen that movie, but I haven't seen all the Star Wars movies, and I know a couple of people who just they've never seen them because are it's just not their thing or whatever. But you always know that reference, no matter what. So that's how you know it's a good ending if you if you see that. There's a couple more on here too that I think have that same like, even if you've never seen it, you know the ending. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good that's a good pick.
1: No, and that's just so an excellent point that you made and that's the last thing I'll say about it. I'll move on. But uh yeah, like that, um, like you said, like even people who don't really know Star Wars may not have seen all of them and everything like that, but that I am your father, they uh, nine times out of 10, they know what that is. <laughs> even if right. they're not a Star Wars fan, they know that that is Vader telling Luke that he was the father. So it's one of Like, it's just one of cinema's greatest plot twists. It's just one of those things that's just so iconic about Star Wars. So, yeah, that was a very good point. And um, another one that I'm surprised I didn't see more of on this list was the ending to the first Godfather movie, which I uh, honestly just thought was a brilliant ending. And um, and I was saying this when we did the first recording of this. I'm a sucker for visual cues. I really like I don't know. I just have an eye for that or I don't know if it's the, the me because I'm writing films and I try to have those things in there myself or what it is or just that's I'm just a weird movie nerd like that. But I like visual cues, man. I like when I see something happen visually and the actors or actresses don't necessarily have to convey anything, but visually on the screen, I can tell by the movement and what's happening, what the scene is trying to say or what the theme is. And God, the ending of Godfather is just such a perfect example of that. When you have Michael Corleone played by Al Chino. And he is um, face to face with his wife. And she's asking him did he have anything to do with killing his brother-in-law who his brother-in-law was somebody that's revealed in the movie who betrayed the family. And before this, you see this scene of all of these other, uh, mob gangs being mowed down. And basically Michael Corleone has established himself as, as the main power in the city. So when the wife confronts him and says, Hey, did you have anything to do with killing your brother-in-law? He looks her dead in the eye and he says, nope, I didn't have anything to do with killing him. And mm. it's not even just the fact that he looked her in the eye without hesitation, no shift of the eyes, no hes I'm talking zero hesitation. Like, Al Pacino looked like this was just another it looked like he was just on a walk in the park, like he was just telling somebody what flavor ice cream he wanted or whatever the case may be. It just seemed so normal. And I think that's what's even more scary about It's just how easily he lied to her. But the visual cue I'm talking about is after that, after he lies to her and the wife is almost frozen in place. She feels it. She knows that she's being lied to but of course there's no way to prove that how could she confront this mob boss of a man so she's just almost frozen in that moment and as michael corleone walks away he walks to the other side of the bedroom door because they this conversation took place in the bedroom and As he stands there, one of the henchmen goes and grabs the door to shut it behind him. And the visual that you see of Michael Corleone on one side of the door with his mob family, and then on the other side of the door is his wife looking helpless and hopeless, and then the door just shuts and the screen fades to black. And it was almost like that wall that had been put up, that there will always be this separation between this mob boss and these other people, his family, wife, things that would follow on that side of it. And that that will always take priority over that life. That was just such a scary, but very like, poignant ending because they did it without words, which is why it's uh, so impressive and memorable to me.
0: Mm, Yeah, for sure. I get that.
1: Yeah. And um, and so I'm just surprised that more people didn't have that because Godfather's like the godfather movies are like super popular people love them they're considered some of the like the best movies so it was just surprised that nobody put any of those i was surprised at that and the last one i'll talk to before i throw it over to you heather for a little bit is night of the living dead the very very first one that came out in i want to say 1978 but i could wait or maybe 76 sorry and this one is another one that really stands out in my mind because uh it was just such a shocker of an ending but it was also great because there were all these kinds of like, also like social commentary and like political discussions you could almost have after this movie. So in this movie, you have this black protagonist, and I really like this character. He was resourceful there, uh, and throughout this entire adventure with these zombies, this guy is doing what it takes to survive. He's forming alliances and trying to trust people and trying to deal with. People betraying other people, and he's trying to pull all hold all of this together and he's stuck in these house with these people and he's trying to get them to listen to reason and it doesn't always work and these people put him in dangerous situations, and sometimes the zombies just do unexpected things, but throughout the journey of this movie, this guy keeps it together, he holds it together, and he gets all the way to the end. he's the sole survivor of this movie, and then when it gets right to the end of the movie there are some like i guess you could say maybe like hillbilly type some of them were policemen some of them were like hillbilly volunteers and basically they're just in a like a roundup group and they're going around with guns shooting zombies and just kind of piling up the bodies well uh they come up on the house that that this black guy and all of these other people were in and um he looks out the window he sees that it's them and before he can even respond before he can even say anything to them he is immediately shot in the head by one of these you know uh help groups mm-hmm. or whatever and and they immediately just assume that he's a zombie and they shoot him and the ending credits is just him being thrown into this pile with the rest of the zombies and you see the rest of the helper people going around scouting areas and just collecting these bodies of zombies and uh, and our hero unfortunately with a hole the size of a fist in his head is just thrown into a pile of zombies with all of the rest of the dead bodies. And it was such a shocking ending to go through that entire ordeal only to be killed by other human beings. It was just one of those just very ironic endings, but it also just raised a lot of other topics about profiling, racial profiling and the fact that those people assumed that he was the bad guy and shot him immediately. And Mm. it was a shoot first, ask questions later type situation. So it brought about all types of conversations and people were like, because this was directed by the director, George A. Romero, who's super famous for like zombie uh, content and stuff like that. And so the whole, so there was always this conversation of, oh man, was he, was he making a political statement about like social norms and, and people Looking and assuming who's good and who's bad and things like that. So to me, that's also an impactful ending, too. It's not just when you get memorable lines like the Empire Strikes Back. It's not just when you get those good visual cues, but sometimes the best endings invoke conversation. They make you think about something outside the theater, how it applies to other thing aspects of your life. So that's another one that I really wanted to give a shout out to was Night of the Living Dead.
0: Yeah. And I I do definitely agree. And it made me think of a movie that it wasn't actually on my list, but I do enjoy the ending of it is uh, Black Klansman. It kind of had that same thing. Right. Where you're like. The ending, it's not, it's not a bad ending, just the, you know, how most of the things go down, but, you know, it kind of ends on a note of like making you think about how, oh, we're still having that same problem today and mm-hmm. look what's happening. So I totally get that. And because that, I know that ending, I left that theater and I was like, man, you know, and it did. It made me think outside of, you know, leaving that theater, like, wow, that was something that was powerful. So yeah, I totally get that. Those yeah. movies that make you think about it way beyond just like leaving the theater, you know?
1: Yeah. And I mean, does that mean that those movies are more significant than the ones that give us entertainment value? Not necessarily. Everybody's entertained a different way. And that's why we love movies. But yeah, you're right. But it just but when something hits you like that, when it pierces you, though, you're very heart and soul. You just have a tendency to remember it. You just have a tendency to it it just has a tendency to linger on your mind just a little bit more, just a little bit longer. And uh, I mean, and so, you know, I just have to give props to the films like Black Klansman, like you said, that do that for us from time to time.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. Now, is there any like um, TV shows or anything where you specifically like those endings?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I can't believe I forgot to include those. But yeah. <laughs> Um, just to go through um, some TV, I'm sorry, I was so stuck on the uh, the movie part of this, I almost forgot about that part. But um, I, but but one TV ending that I did like, um, th- I thought that The Office ended pretty solid. Um, now, of course, you can argue that The Office had kind of dwindled in quality. Uh, the last few seasons, especially with uh, Steve Carell, who plays Michael Scott, uh, going away from it and everything like that. But I really thought that that was an actually actually a very cool ending where you get to see the results of the documentary that was made. And they're all kind of at this press conference talking about what their experiences was and what they learned. Uh, as a result of being filmed and everything like that. Uh, Finally, Dwight and uh, Angela look to tie the knot. And Michael Scott, uh, you know, they got they managed to get Steve Carell to come back to be a part of that wedding episode, and it was like the yeah. final episode and everything. So overall, I thought that that was really solid, man. It's a it's it's an ending to uh, what was an iconic series, and even though it did have its um, some downs toward the end of it, I think that it savaged everything pretty well in the end, and they delivered what was a satisfying ending so that's definitely one of the television endings uh that stood out to me um i don't know if you saw if you caught that office finale
0: i you know what i'm one of those rare people that like <laughs> hasn't really watched much of the office not because i don't you're, think it's oh, funny
1: that, <laughs> you're a parks and rec person though, i right? am like that's yeah. your stuff yeah yeah which yeah, is why which I know is great too
0: Yeah, like it's why I know I would like The Office because it's the same people who make you know, Parks and Rec. But um it's just for whatever reason I've just never I've never sat down and watched the whole thing. Like I've seen a handful of episodes and it's always funny, but it's just never been one that I'm like I haven't started it and then just continue to watch it until the end. It's it's on my list and then I just keep getting sidetracked with other shows that I'm like, oh I've heard this is so good. So yeah, I'm one of those rare people that hasn't seen all of the office which I'm sure a lot of fans here are going to be like, what? So don't worry, Cine fans. I will be watching that. I just haven't yet. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, so but I, I have heard a lot of really good things about the ending of that. And yeah, because I know that um, I mean, what did they go for two or three seasons after Steve Carell left? I want to say. Um, Yeah, something like that. And I'm sure it wasn't the same at all, because the ones I've seen, it's all had Steve Carell in it. And I'm a huge Steve Carell fan. So I imagine it was a different feel for sure once he was not on it. But that's awesome that they got him back for the last episode. That's like you, you couldn't it's almost like I feel like even I know you couldn't have that final episode without trying to get him back, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was so glad that he came back for it because, like you said, that really added to the satisfaction of it. Because if he wasn't on it, you just, I, I really feel like it would have just left a sour taste in your mouth if, if he wasn't there for that final mm-hmm. few episodes. So, yeah, I, it definitely was uh, the right call um, in that regard. Um, I guess another, just to name a couple of more TV endings, um, another TV ending that. Uh, I really liked was I remember the ending of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air too with everybody.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
1: Wasn't that good? Like everybody just sort of tied up any loose ends they had. They buried just a lot of those old hatchets and everything. It just really kind of um, maybe it's a more simpler in the terms of not a whole bunch of catastrophic crazy things happen, but it was very like heartwarming. Yeah. It was very just, yeah. It was very just, yeah. Very sentimental, and that shot where Will takes one last look at the house and then turns off the lights—that was great, man. That, that 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 was solid stuff, man. Yeah, that that was that that was good stuff. Oh, so that, that was, was another good. one that, uh, yeah, I I just really love. I really like that one. And then the last one I'll talk about in Sterling uh had a lot to say about this one too when we uh did the first recording of this and I'll put some of, and I'll add some of his comments here, but the sopranos um mm-hmm. which is one of those kind of controversial endings in TV because it does in a way end on an ambiguous note with you're at the at a dinner scene with the family, and they're all eating at this diner. And, and uh, then all of a sudden, um, while playing the that 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 song, "Don't Stop Believing," uh, "Don't Stop Believing," <laughs> the that old song, journey, or whatever. Yep, the old journey. Uh, it gets to a certain point in the music where it goes, "Don't stop," and then it just goes black, <laughs> and that's yeah. and then you start to see credits. And so it's super controversial because a lot of people were like, man, they, that was a cop-out. It wasn't really an ending. They really didn't, uh, you know, they could have just ended this definitively and said something, but they didn't, and I didn't like it. But I'm on the flip side of that. I think it said more than what some of those uh, naysayers think. Like, to me, especially when you watch that scene, And especially when you think about the Tony Soprano character, he was always so paranoid about what could possibly happen to him. Mm -hmm. He was a very he was so paranoid and had this kind of doom and gloom almost prophecy that was looming over him and and uh, and some and in a lot of ways of course it's self-fulfilling given the life of crime, given the enemies you make given all of those different things uh, so some of it's a self-fulfilling prophecy but he just always had this paranoia always had this fear of what was going to happen to him, what was going to happen to his family, PTSD nightmares, you name it, Tony Soprano as a character went through all of this throughout the seasons of The Sopranos. So I really think what the the success of that ending was that it turns around and it puts the viewer in that same sense of dread because it's the final episode they're in a diner he's there in front of his family and you're just thinking the worst you're just thinking somebody's going to walk in and he's going to be gunned down in front of his wife's and, wife and kids mm-hmm. or somebody's going to come in yeah or somebody's going to come in and the, this old family's gonna shoot up. Is this restaurant about to blow up? You know, and like they keep doing these interesting cuts where there are people look that, that seem like they're looking over at the table, and Tony Soprano is looking over at them. And then, it, but then the person gets up and goes to the bathroom. So then Tony's like, "Yeah, okay." And then he starts kind of. Uh, acting like he's listening to his family again. Then he hears the door open and somebody walks in and he kind of turns and he looks over to see who walked into the door. And then it seems like that person's <laughs> harmless too. So then he looks away. And this is the kind of games that it's playing at the end of that. And I just remember feeling so much tension, like, oh my God, what is going to happen? What is going to happen? What is going to happen? And you're, yeah. and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. And then the screen goes black. And for those mere moments, it I realized in that moment, like man, this is what it feels like to be him. It's always gonna be like this. He will never escape that life. It didn't yeah. need to show you how his life ended for you to understand that that dread, that tension, that is it gonna be? The, who's the next person that's gonna be trying to take my head off here? It it, it didn't take. Uh, a definitive ending for me to understand that that will always be Tony Soprano's life. So I uh, appreciated the ending uh, for those reasons.
0: Yeah. And didn't, um, I think Sterling had mentioned like some theory he had heard right about um, how, like if you, if you view it as where you're like, it's the audience that dies at the end and not Tony Soprano.
1: Yes. Yes. And yes. that was such a cool theory That's when crazy. he brought that to my attention. Yeah. And Sterling had said, yeah, a friend of his had said, had, get, had told them that theory and it said, well, it's almost like you're waiting on Tony to die. And it's almost like it's the audience that gets whacked, not yeah, so, Tony Soprano or his family. And the more I think about that theory, the the more I like it. And, and and it kind of goes along with that sense of dread that I was talking about. Like, you're waiting on him to die. You're thinking that you're watching this man die, g- is about to die. Yep. And you're waiting and you're waiting and you're looking and you're watching. And all of a sudden, the view gets cut from you. And that is so synonymous with so many people who tried to end Tony Soprano. So many people who thought that they were better than him. So many people that underestimated Tony Soprano. A lot of times that's what was happening to them. They're thinking that they're on the verge of getting the phone call or seeing Tony Soprano's death, but really it's them that winds up getting whacked in the end. Mm-hmm. So it was so I do get that theory. And that is kind of interesting. Like, yeah, you know, you the audience got whacked, not Tony Soprano. So that was kind of tight. That that was a really cool theory.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah, it makes me kind of want to watch the show. I've never seen that one either. (laughs) But yeah.
1: Oh, it's great. It's great. And it's HBO, so it's very good quality. Um, uh, All of the actors and actresses in it. Um, Eddie Falco, who is good at a lot of different things. Um, She's good in Nurse Jackie. I mean, she's done a bunch of different stuff Mm -hmm. for HBO. She was good in Oz for HBO. She's great. She's in there as... um, Uh, wife, Soprano, and She's Great. And then um, James Gandolfini, that's the greatest work that he's ever done. And he was a pretty Mm -hmm. respectable actor. He was a good actor and really was starting to climb the ladder at the Sopranos and then had that unfortunate, uh, untimely death. But no, this is uh, some of his best work as well. Um, Yeah, I highly recommend.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard nothing but great things about it. So yeah, for sure. I, I totally would believe that.
1: Cool, and that'll uh, do it for me. I'm gonna go ahead and let you go for a bit. And I've got some that I'm just gonna quickly run down, just quick favorites, and lightly mention them. But I wanted you to get some of yours in here because you might have some of these all yours anyway. So
0: yeah, so I was gonna start mine off with a couple of TV shows that I really enjoyed the endings to, and it, it partly could just be because you know, like I was a longtime fan and I watched from beginning to end, and so that's like more of the sentimental. Factors, But in my opinion, they're great endings. So the first one that I'm talking about is Friends. Um, Love that show. It's always been one of my favorite shows. It's just so funny. And, you know, you invest 10 years of your time into these characters. And there's a lot of just kind of what if, will they, won't they with some of the characters, like with Ross and Rachel. You know, you just don't know. Are they actually going to officially get together again? What's going to happen with that relationship? And they close up that storyline and they end up together, which I think is what, you know, most people wanted to happen, Um, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 And Phoebe, you know, she ends up getting married to a very normal guy played by Paul Rudd, which doesn't hurt, but just like (laughs) she's always had this crazy life, you know, and she's always been kind of the oddball you know, been through a lot of stuff in her life and she's very quirky and she just needed normal in her life. And she found a guy, you know, and they got married and that was a great ending for her character. Um, You know, and Joey is like the actor that's always trying to make it and just never quite seems to get there. And then he finally does at the end, he gets his big break, you know, and uh, Monica and Chandler, you know, they get married and they end up being able to adopt some kids so they can have kids so it just like I don't know everybody seems to have just a really great ending to the show there's nobody that was left out of like a big moment of happiness or anything like that and you know they're all still friends all still whatever towards the end of it obviously um hence the name but you know it's just kind of it was just a very like you were saying with um with Fresh Prince very heartwarming at the end. And, um, they also kind of do the same thing that Fresh Prince did where they kind of like pan over the apartment and you just kind of see like, you're looking over all of it and you remember all of these memories from the show and things like that. And, um, the iconic like purple door with the yellow frame, it's like the last Mm -hmm. thing you see. And it was just very well done. So I think for that, yeah, I just, I loved how it ended. I thought it was such a great way to wrap up the show. Yeah, because they all grow up and they all like they all kind of grow up and come into their own with certain things, but they're all still there for each other. So it's perfect. I think it's great. Um,
1: Yeah. And I think that that's um, that that, that's a good point. And sometimes that's all an ending needs to do. I think that sometimes these. These people that do these TV, especially with TV, because, man, for for everyone that you name that you like, there are some that are just head scratchers and sometimes (laughs) this is more, you know, I think that friends is a classic example of that sometimes less is more just finish the character stories just get just just right. get to an ended point and let them realize something or let them get something that they want and just uh, hey we're still friends but hey look we each found our own unique happiness in our lives and let us enjoy that unique happiness for each character and then you can ride off into the sunset it doesn't have to be <laughs> right. a big confusing thing you know it doesn't have to be all of this other intrigue and stuff it doesn't have to be super elaborate or oh plot twist um you know Chandler was actually in love with you know yeah. it's, it doesn't have to be any of that sometimes just simple is better you know it's just th- that's sometimes all you need is just unending <laughs> So yeah. I think sometimes TV gets sometimes they get seem to get so wrapped up in trying to give you the perfect one they don't give you anything. You know, no,
0: that's so true, because I mean, I can imagine with, you know, television writers, the crazy hard job that they would have of making a satisfying ending for so many people. I mean, I, I think it's the same for movies, but TV shows, I mean, you invest so many years into it a lot of the time, you know, and it's like you want to know Mm -hmm. what's going to happen through to this character that you have followed their journey from beginning to end. So I feel like sometimes TV writers, they have like this really daunting task of trying to write something that's going to, for the most part, please everybody, you know, like not everybody's going to get what they want, but, you know, trying to write something for the show where you feel like, this fits, this makes sense. And we're happy with it, you know, especially iconic shows. If they've, you know, been around for so long and everything, you're just like, no, we need that satisfying ending. You know, like we've been watching this for yeah. 10 years for, with this show anyway. And, and even also like you said, like it doesn't need the crazy dramatic over the top ending because it's about a group of friends, you know, just a yeah. normal, normal people, <laughs> normal life. You know, there's no you know, magical, mystical kingdoms or anything like that. It's just normal people that are a group of friends. And so yeah. a normal, you know, not over the top ending is perfectly what they need for that show. Cause I mean, this is the show where you're supposed to be able to relate to these characters and you're supposed to feel like you can, you know, understand where they're coming from and things like that. And so that's what the show needed for the ending. So yeah, I totally agree with that.
1: Yeah. Definitely. And and like you said, it's just, uh, you know, and, and that is a ton of pressure. That was a good point that you made, too, is that, that the pressure that they've got to be under after building and molding these characters for years and years and years. Like you said, especially if it's one of those iconic shows, because this can last a long time. And these are actors and actresses working with each other for years. And there's all this sentimentality because then you're not seeing them anymore. You're not seeing your crew members anymore, your director anymore. So there's a lot at play and there's a lot of pressure on them. And I think it's so true that sometimes there's so much pressure. They think that they've got to deliver something monumental, but maybe all you need to do is just deliver something simple. You know, sometimes it's of course not with everything, but, uh, you can't always win all the time. And sometimes (laughs) artistically, you know, I guess you do just have to, to think of something be confident in it and stick with your guns and wherever the cards uh, fall they will so i get that too as far as artistic integrity but i do think there's a lot of pressure on them i do think that that's a good point
0: yeah i mean yeah especially because i mean the whole point of television and movies is entertainment value right so It's one of those where you sometimes you want to escape what's going on in your life or you just want to wind down and focus on something that's not in your own life. And that's what their job is, is to take you out of your own world and bring you into this one that they've created. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's just like if you can find that show or that character, that storyline that you're like, I totally relate to this. You know what I mean? That's how you get them in. And that's what people want to see through to the end, because it sort of gives them like a hope of. Maybe my situation will turn out OK, too, <laughs> you know, and I mean, maybe yeah. that's getting too yeah. deep into it. But I feel like I've done that with so many shows where I'm like, I've been there. You know what? If you can deal with it, I can deal with it. You know, like you just have that, you know, understanding of some characters and storylines where that's why you want to see it through to the end. Because you're like, I've dealt with this. I know people who have dealt with this. What's going to happen? Because it makes it kind of gives you hope that things are going to be OK in your own situations.
1: You know what I mean? I get that. I get that. And not to, I'm not trying to step on you here by in talking about another ending, but uh, another ending that kind of reminds me of is uh, the Dr. House, House M.D. You know, yeah. because he's such a, he was such a, just a really itch like very like volatile personality he wasn't easy to get along with he was such an ass you know he was an ass to his (laughs) team but he but he was hard but he told them the truth and he cared and different things like that and by the end of that series he just winds up you know but but he's got a best friend that uh, that other Mm -hmm. doctor oh my gosh what his name what is it oh my gosh his name But he was great. I loved him. He was great. But he was like House's best friend, and you know they go back and forth all the time in the show. But at the end, I thought it was very fitting that it's him and it's House and his best friend on a road trip. And sometimes that's all you need. That's all you wind up with. Those it just kind of reminds you of those best friends or those family members that never leave you. You know what I mean? That they're there. They were there for your good times and bad times and. At the end of the day, that's who you wind up with. And even if it's not a lot of them, it's not a ton of them because he didn't make a lot of friends. I mean, House was a grade A asshole, but (laughs) that guy, but but him and his friend that they those two doctors that bond, though it went back and forth, they that was always there. And that was a person who had been there with him, had been there for him from the beginning. So it was very fitting at the end that that's who he was with, enjoying his time with, was with his best friend. And I mean, shoot, I can relate to that. You know, I've made a lot of acquaintances over the years, but there's only a few that stuck around. And so I can appreciate something like that.
0: Dr. Wilson, right?
1: Yes, Dr. Wilson, thank you. Yeah, I had to look it up, I couldn't remember either. (laughs) Yeah, great performance by that actor too, playing Dr. Wilson, he was great in that show.
0: Oh yeah, he was really good. Um, But yeah, so, and another another one sort of along those same lines with the happy, satisfying ending for me for television is Parks and Rec, like we were kind of talking about earlier during the office portion. Um, It just ended so well because again, so many of the characters just had these, these fulfilling things in their, in their storylines that happened for them. And I love the fact that in this final episode that you see them into the future, a few years, not too far. I want to say maybe three years. Well, it starts three years into the future and then they kind of go further out, you know, and you just see you know Leslie's moving up into the government positions that she's always wanted to be in, and so is Ben. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, he's by her side. And then Jerry becomes what is he governor or something? I think of yeah. or mayor. Yeah, Jerry, no, he's yeah. the mayor. Yeah, and yeah, mayor, mayor. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and then you know Donna gets married and she starts a business. It's like just all these great things happening, and it's just cool because you see that even though they're not all working together at the parks and rec department anymore, they're still all in touch and still close, you know? And it's also, I think in a way realistic too, because it's like, you can have these friends that you might not see them for a long time, but you're still there for each other. You know, you're still in touch. You still keep in touch, even if you don't see each other every day, you know? And I think that that was a really hopeful thing too because you're like oh that's that's so sweet that they're still you know that's how close they were and they're helping each other yeah. out fulfilling each other's dreams and it's just a really cool ending um you know you just kind of see that you know over time they just all were still friends and it was really cool to see that i loved how that ended and um and i think actually to go onto one of sterling's because it's similar Apparently, Parks and Rec ripped off the idea of this one, <laughs> but um, he he really liked the ending of Six Feet Under and the Funeral Home Family, and the ending of that is basically showing each family member and what point in their lives that they end up dying, and he's he mentioned really liking that one, and um, I guess Parks and Rec sort of did a version of that, But um, but yeah, so it just was a really... I don't know. It just was very much like it wrapped everything up. It, it just really did its job to finish out the stories. And, you know, you just kind of you were happy at the end of it because you knew so many happy things were coming for all of these people, you know. So I really enjoyed that.
1: No, it was a great ending uh, just to say a little bit about it. And um, really, this was a team that had come from making the office and parks and rec is almost like to me that's the result that they had learned from their mistakes in the office everything (laughs) was a little bit tighter knit everything was a little bit better executed the characters were better developed and so parks and rec is what you get after this team had a chance to go okay how can we improve upon what we did in the office so it ends very well it's well developed i love the leslie nope character ron swanson was hilarious um uh i mean you know i mean just all of them man chris pratt was great in this um i mean all of them man all all of them it, that series was just so much fun from, from beginning to end it definitely gave me after i had finished the office and started watching it i was like yeah man it feels like the office but it but it's different enough to be its own show you know, it it's definitely yeah. did enough to establish itself as its own thing. And yeah, that was a very satisfying end. And I totally agree.
0: Yeah. And talk about like a show that just made a complete turnaround, like, you know, a couple of seasons. in, because I think at the beginning, it seemed almost a little bit too much like The Office, how they were doing everything and the dynamics and things like that. And then they started, Parks and Rec sort of came into its own a little bit in season two and three mostly. And then from three on, it's the most amazing show. (laughs) But, you know, it was a little rough in the first couple of seasons because it was trying to find its own footing apart from The Office. Because, yeah, I mean, how do you live up to The Office anyway? You know what I mean? So it's like, you can't be the exact same because it's just going to be a fail. So they had to find their Mm -hmm. own way. And once they did, it was amazing. And it just, it was so much better after, you know, that, that rough patch of the first, I would say the first season and like half of the second season, it was still kind of finding its way. But, and then to come from that to like one of the most beloved shows, you know, that people watch, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of cool that transition. And I'm so glad that they sort of reworked how they did the show because it would not have been the same if they had tried to do it the same way they did like the first season. So, um, so yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, moving on to some of the movies that I really liked the endings of. Um, I'm going to talk about what I have considered to be my favorite movie, which is prisoners with Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman, where, yeah, where they're trying to find Hugh Jackman's missing daughter. And, um, uh, another girl as well. Um, and they, they're, they're trying to, you know, solve the mystery of it. And Jake Gyllenhaal Hall is the detective working on the case and all these things. So it's a very intense, very suspenseful movie and extremely well acted. It's a beautifully done movie. And I mean, it's just, it has a bit of a twist at the end of it because the person the whole time that they're sort of on the tail of thinking did this there's someone else actually involved with this that they weren't aware of, you know, and spoilers if you haven't seen prisoners, but, um, I think we're kind of doing spoilers throughout cause it's endings, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but you know, it ends up being the guy who they think it is his mom, I believe. Right. Justin, I think it's his mom. Yeah. And yeah, she's mother, the yeah. one that ended up keeping these girls, you know, and there's just this really intense scene at the end, like a little standoff between them. And, um, at the very end the girls end up getting to come home but hugh jackman is still missing so he doesn't come home nobody knows where he is and you're just like what you know and um it just it's so well done how they how they end it because you see jake gyllenhaal at the end he he's going back to the location of the house where the girls were found who were apparently trapped underground um And then he's, you know, he's trying to see if maybe he can find a clue as to where Hugh Jackman is now. And he's actually underground where the girls were. But um, I think there's like a car over where the where he would be able to get out or something. Right. So he's he just he's trapped. He can't get out of anywhere. And, you know, it just kind of ends a little bit on a cliffhanger because you can faintly hear Hugh Jackman's character whistling with a little whistle that he had. Um, but it's so faint that you almost it almost feels like maybe it's just the wind, you know, and you can tell at the end, Jake Gyllenhaal Hall's kind of like listening, like, am I making this up? Is this really what I'm hearing? And so you don't know. And it kind of ends there. It just ends with him doing the whistling and then Jake Hall just kind of looking around. And that's how it ends. And as much as I do love a complete and like happy ending, <laughs> I do love a suspenseful ending, too, because. Yeah. That was amazing because it really could go either way with that. It could be like he never finds him and he's like, oh, I'm just hearing things. And he walks away or it could be like, oh, let me listen again. And then he uses his skills and he finds him. You just don't know which way it's going to go. And it was amazing. I loved how they ended that. So that's definitely one of my favorite endings for sure, because it, it, it keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time. Even to the end, when you're like, "Does he find him? Does he not?" And then it ends, and you're like, "Ugh, I don't know." But I love this, you know.
1: Yeah, that was a great movie, and that was a very, very good ending. Um, But just oh man, the acting in that—my goodness, like you, Jackman. Like, yeah, I I just—I mean, everybody did a great job. But man, I'll just never forget that scene in the bathroom with the sink, and he's just like, "Tell me, tell me where she is. Tell me, tell me." And you know, he's like. So angry, and he's banging just on that a breakdown. sink, yeah. and yeah, just having a breakdown. And that's kind of what it was about too—is that kind of how you can become a prisoner in your own mind mm. when you lose somebody like that. You know that that was part of yeah. what that narrative was trying to say. Everybody was kind of a prisoner to what had happened to these. They were all destroyed. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it was a great film. It was a wonderful film.
0: Yeah, I mean and just talk about like character like just really detailed characters too. I mean Jake Gyllenhaal's character has this interesting like twitch thing that he does. And like just these random things that you're you're just like, man, this is such a detailed character and I love it. And then Paul Dano being the the guy who's being accused of it, Paul Dano is amazing. He's in a phenomenal yeah. actor. He was in There Will Be Underrated. Blood yeah, he's he's so good. He's amazing and he's he, he's perfect as this as this role. So, yeah, top-notch cast and acting all around. Um I mean, they even have so much as like a scene like towards the end where Jake Hall finds the girls and he's trying to take them to the hospital. Do you remember that? And he's like, he can't see though. Yes. <laughs> you're just like, yeah. you're watching his drive from his perspective. And it's just completely blurry except just lights you can see from cars. And I'm just like, I almost lost it. I was like, what is happening? Like, it's so intense the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Very it's intense. A great movie. I love that movie. Um, but yeah so and on to a different movie um so another movie that i really liked the ending to is the movie split which is technically the sequel ah. to unbreakable which is the m night Shyamalan movie that came out i want to say in the late 90s early 2000s um mm-hmm. and this was basically a secret like sequel to that which then you know, a year or two later that the movie glass came out, which is the third and kind of final, final ending to that series of movies. But split is by far the best of the three, but it's just, and James McAvoy definitely has a lot to do with that. Cause man, he plays 23 people like nobody else. <laughs> like <Yeah>. He just kills <laughs> wow. it. He is such an incredible actor. I cannot express how incredible that he is in this movie. Um, but yeah, he's just, Jason, you've seen that movie, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really. Okay. And
1: yeah, really enjoyed it. And yeah, he was he carries that film and that character is such an interesting character and almost how like all of these different personalities are plotting against each other or saying, oh, don't tell don't don't tell the, the child personality that that I'm yes. thinking this or, you know, it was just so awesome how he played every single one of those characters. And you can could tell, and it got to the point in the film where after seeing them and seeing how they act, you could tell who it was without the film having to tell you. Yep. You could start to recognize them. You knew who he was. You knew which one was doing what, or which one might uh say one thing and be trying to lie and misdirect, and which one was innocent, or which one like you could feel and see and tell who was who, because he did such a great job acting. So yeah. uh, And that, that was definitely great.
0: Yeah. I mean, genuinely, I think one of the most amazing performances that I've ever seen, just like how easily he became every single one of those characters. Like you genuinely would think that he thought he was those people. He was such a different person every single time. It's just some of the greatest acting I've ever seen. He was amazing, but all that to say, the ending of it—I mean, you don't find out that this movie is even at all related to Unbreakable until literally the last thirty seconds of the film, when you see like this news, this news about the the girl that was rescued, and just basically you just hear like this chatter in a restaurant about it, and they kind of um, compare him to like, um, Mr. Glass and his character. And then you just see Bruce Willis in that diner and he's, you know, you just see like him listening to the news story. And that is the point when, you know, it's that sequel. And that was a great reveal, you know, that was completely out of nowhere, super unexpected, but that's not even the, the whole reason why I love the ending. I just love how the, I love the, the dynamic between the girl Anya Taylor-Joy, um, and, James McAvoy and just their dynamic and how well she tries to really um, understand his personalities, even in the end when she's in so much danger, she's just really trying to make sense of what's happening. And you just see that he sees her as this very strong character and this very strong person. And then when he sees like all these scars that she has on her body, you know, he's just like, you know, the ones that are, you know, broken are the ones that are strong. And I loved that. I don't know why, but I loved that point that he made in the movie. And, you know, he just he lets her go. And you just and then the whole, the whole thing, how you see that she's been kept down in like the basement or the cellar or something of a zoo the entire time. And it's just I don't know why, but just the reveal of like, I want to know where she is. Like when they get out, where is she actually at? You know, because the whole time you have no idea where these girls are. And she's the only one that makes it out. So it's just incredible. I don't know why, but I was just like, man, that is how you do a movie ending. So I really enjoyed that altogether.
1: It was really great. Yeah. That was a great surprise. It really was a great surprise to find out what these characters are linked. And that that really was a great way to end that. Because when that was over, you just couldn't wait for the next movie. And that really is the mark of a solid ending. Does it... You know, that's one of the things that that, that you got to check out the ending box. Yeah. Does it make you want to see something else? D- does it make you want to continue this journey with the characters or see at least how all of this comes together? Because the first thought you had was what? Un- you know, when you saw <laughs> Bruce sure. Willis. And you were like, what, this unbreakable is here at the diner? And all I could think about is what happens if unbreakable means split? You know, yeah, the, the, for the sure. Beast, if the beast meets the unbreakable one, the the uh, the uh, um the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. You know, you just you just couldn't help but think, oh man, what would happen if beast if the beast clashed with um unbreakable? So it was tight, man. I, I did enjoy that ending.
0: But even the sense of like, even when you have that reveal that it's like, oh, it's linked to Unbreakable. You still don't know how until the next movie. <laughs> like You're still just like, True. but why is this related? How is this related? So it just still kept you wanting to know the story year or two later whenever the glass came out and unfortunately glass did not end well and i'm very sad and disappointed about that (laughs) but it just the movie glass itself was a fine movie but the ending it's one of those that i did not like it it was not nearly what split was but um but yeah Yeah. it just it, it was and even just like the whole idea of this guy who has 23 different personalities And you you still don't quite know how to figure him out until the very end. And like, and that's why I loved that part when he was like, it's the broken that are the strong ones, because I feel like that is the whole reveal of why he was being the way he was being, you know? And I just feel like that was, that was the whole reason that he was the beast. And I just, I love that they, they didn't reveal that till the very end. But then you just kind of it just makes you think one of those again, that kind of makes you think afterwards a little bit about his motives and why he was doing that, you know. So, yeah, it was really good. Um, But yeah, so and then moving on, I got it. I just have a couple more. But another one that I also liked, which I think it's a little bit of a controversial ending for some people, but I really liked it is the movie Identity with John Cusack and Amanda Peet. Yeah, it's a really, I loved that movie. I thought it was really, really well done. It's got a lot of the psychological aspects of a movie that I really appreciate. But at its surface, you know, you feel like it's this movie about these people all in a hotel, or stuck at a hotel, and they're getting killed off one by one. And it's You know, you you think it's this mystery of we got to figure out who the killer is. And it is that. But then just at the end the reveal that it's actually just a bunch of different personalities of one guy. And they're all killing each other off because the guy is being um, he's in some kind of, I don't know, therapy or something. That's basically they're telling him, like, "We, we need these characters to be we need these personalities to be. Down to one because they're trying to figure out if this guy, if any of his personalities are a serial killer. And if so, if it's the dominant personality, because if it is, they want to put him away. And if it's not, then they're going to try to get him out of going to prison based on insanity or some kind of plea like that. So that's basically what the movie is. And so all of these people that we're seeing in the hotel are just his personalities. And I was like, what? How is this a thing? And it was amazing to me. I was like, that is incredible. Because you wouldn't see that coming. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I loved it. I didn't see it coming. Yeah, it was. And they're all very different characters and everything. But it just, it was very well written. And I think the movie was very well done to where you're shocked by what happens. But you're also like intrigued. You're like, (laughs) when you kind of realize what's happening you're just like is his dominant personality a killer like you're kind of wondering yourself like which one is it you know so um yeah it's just that was an incredible reveal and then the funny thing is even further of a twist of that is it kind of comes down to just like two people at the end and (laughs) i think amanda pete is one of them and you think that like she's the good one and then suddenly at the very end, one of the characters is like a little boy and he's an evil little boy and he's the killer. And he ends up killing off that personality. So it ends up that he does have that serial killer personality as his dominant personality. So, but it's just at the very end that they show that. So it just had a lot of twists and it was uh, quite a ride, but it was so good. And yeah, it was it was a very satisfying type of movie. Like it wasn't like, taking you through a ride and then lets you down you're just like wow all the way to the end so that was definitely another one that I really liked so um oh yeah
1: yeah well acted too um John Cusack Amanda Pete, I believe Ray Liotta was in that also there was a couple of good solid very good performances in that yeah
0: yeah yeah john cusack is he's always been a favorite of mine he's just i think he's phenomenal um but yeah so that and then the last one i want to mention just because for me it's probably one of the movies that i think had the most shocking twist at the end of it for me and that's why i really really liked it is the movie saw which i know a lot of a lot of other people kind of mentioned it as one of their Favorite endings, too. and Yeah,
1: that was mentioned a lot on <laughs> oh, our yeah. uh, Facebook, a lot.
0: Yeah, and it's totally, I totally agree with everyone who said that. I mean, say what you will about the Saw movies in general, <laughs> but that first one was dope. Like, it was so good, and that ending, who would see that coming? Like, you stand up, and the dude is straight up alive. The guy in the room the whole time with these two people chained up is the killer, and he's pretending to be dead. Like, and then he see him wake up and you find out he's the one that put him there. I'm just like, what in the world? That was incredible. I loved that.
1: Yeah. I just remember previewing that movie. And that's what we call when we worked in the, when I worked in the movie theater business, we would Uh, whenever the new movies would come in we would watch them like uh, like after hours and stuff like that so we're watching this movie and it's about maybe two or three of us watching this movie late at night and I just remember when it got to the end and Jigsaw that dead body started to to move. And I was like, (laughs) what is happening? Why is that dead body moving? And then you realize that Jigsaw was laying there the whole time, listening to what they were doing, watching how they were reacting to situations and just enjoying the scenario that he put these characters in and giving them that false sense of hope and then just pulling the rug from underneath them. I mean, I just I just remember my friend and I, we jumped up out of our seats. We were just like, what? He was there the whole time and then it does that, which that mu- and that music, man. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 Now that music is like, that song yes. theme is iconic now. Oh, but my gosh. man, it was never as effective as it was. As when jigsaw was standing up <laughs> uh revealing was, that he had been there the whole time i mean and that was just a wonderful shock ending for real
0: yeah i mean and there's a few on these lists i know we're gonna um also talk about because we're gonna list a couple of the ones that sterling mentioned as well but man like that has to be one of the most surprising endings to a movie that i've ever seen and it's so epic i love that because Nobody that I know that saw that movie ever saw that coming at all. <laughs> I'm like, that's how you do an ending for sure. You know, the writing was great. And fun fact, if you don't know the writer of that movie and director is he was one of the guys that was the chained up in the in the in the room, not Carrie nice. Ellis, but the other one that's the writer and director of the movie. But um, yeah, I'm just like, uh, I that is an epic ending to a movie for sure but um anything else on this before we move to some of sterling's picks
1: um yeah i guess i'll just give some these these few little shout outs that i had i won't go into super detail with them but just other endings that i really appreciated just to, to give them some love real fast but the original planet of the apes ending where We get to the end and the guy sees the Statue of Liberty and realizes that he was on planet Earth the whole time. He wasn't on an ape planet. I thought that was a pretty rad ending. I think that's an iconic ending. For sure, yeah. Uh, uh, Another ending that um, I super appreciated, and this is the last one I'll talk about, was uh, the ending of E.T., man. E.T., the extraterrestrial man. And I don't know why. Maybe it was because I just... As a kid, I watched that movie so many times. I was such a fan of E.T. I love I freaking loved me some E.T. And uh, E.T. and Superman were my were my things back when I was a kid. Those two could do no wrong. But I just remember how I felt at the end of that movie that hug, that hug that he gave Elliot and he told Mm -hmm. Elliot to be a good boy and as he's getting on the ship and he's walking, doing his little E.T. waddle he gets on the ship or whatever and as the door is closing that music, that E.T. music is playing and it's just such a wonderful cinematic score and it was just it, it just encapsulated that moment and it was just so heartfelt and it really was like one of Those really just heartfelt moments between the two friends of the odd couple or the man's best friend, whatever you want to call it. You know, you could probably stick it into any of those kinds of genres like man's best friend mixed with sci fi sort of thing. But it was such a great, uh, thoughtful, memorable Ending and I know it was memorable because I forget what the name of the company is, but there was an E.T. uh commercial that came out not too long ago. I wanna say it might have played during not this past Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl before yes, last. But that's right. uh but but yeah, or maybe it was during Christmas. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, E. T. comes back. And Elliot has a family and everything like that, and E.T. is playing around with Elliot's kids, and then they do a similar thing where he leaves, and this time the whole family is like, oh, man, E.T.'s got to leave again. And I'm not going to lie, man, I'm... (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm definitely an adult now and I'm sitting there watching this commercial and I'm like, is this thing going to make me tear up? Like, is this, commercial? why am strings. I feeling? <laughs> yeah. Why are my heartstrings being pulled at? I'm supposed to be watching a commercial, but I think, and a lot of people told me that a lot of people said that commercial with E.T. just made me so emotional. Um, when you when I talk to people about it, and I think that's why, man, because that ending was so effective. It's a big part of that. So yeah,
0: it's that nostalgia of like you remember how the original movie ended. Yeah, I definitely could see that. Yeah,
1: yeah. But anyway, those were just a few I wanted to give a little bit of love to.
0: Yeah. Um. So a couple of ones here because since Sterling can't be here, he did have some really good picks. So we wanted to just share a couple of those with you. So some of his favorite endings that he mentioned really liking uh, the first one was, and I think he also commented, it was, I think Joel or Joel Chavez also said this, Joel, I'm sorry. um, Also said this ending whiplash, the ending to whiplash, um, which that is a great ending. Like that movie is super good. And that ending that was, that was very awesome. And I, I believe that um, Sterling had mentioned something about, the ending is what made him actually love that movie because the rest of it for him was just okay. But that ending and uh, JK Simmons and just how he was doing his acting, his facial expressions, just everything was what made that ending so amazing. And yeah, so I totally agree too, because man, that's intense. And you're just like, oh man, oh man, you know, at the end of that. So that is, yeah, definitely. I totally get that for sure.
1: Yeah, it was super intense. And I think that that was one thing that Sterling did say. Yeah, he said that a lot of times he will just every now and then he'll just watch the ending of Whiplash because he liked it <laughs> that much. Not the rest of it. To see, just the ending. Yeah, not the rest of it. Just the ending. Like he will skip so you got to understand what is at play here he is going to his streaming movies he is selecting whiplash and then he is taking his finger and skipping all the way to the end of that watching (laughs) that and then he is closing out the app he's just done this man Is doing this every Mm. few months because that's how much he loves that movie. (laughs) He might have a ritual where there's a tea and crumpets or something else too. Who knows? There might be a whole ritual to it. Yeah, bagels. Yeah, like 12 bagels and the ending of Whiplash every morning or something. But yeah, like (laughs) it gets him going in the morning.
0: He's just watching it before (laughs) he goes to work. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Let's start the day right. (laughs) Yeah. And this is 100 percent true. And even though he can't defend himself, he would agree with this. Um, But no, but 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 I totally get where he's coming from. Like that was such a great ending. And man, uh, shoot, dare I say the whole movie, I didn't think the the the. the the movie was just okay. I thought that movie was intense throughout. Like it was just so intense and what that guy was, what that, what he was putting himself through to try to become this reputable, like superstar musician, drummer, and everything that he went through and how hard of a teacher J.K. Simmons was and that volatile relationship they had and how it all kind of came to a head at the end. And in a way, they sort of were kindred spirits, like his intensity matched his. And in a way, even though they had this destructive relationship that the, you know, the scars make you stronger, that destruction it real talent. So that, yeah. that is kind of The message of the movie. So I think really, yeah, it was a beautiful movie. And yeah, definitely deserves to be mentioned as one of the better endings. And
0: also just super original, a very original movie, for sure. I've never seen anything like that. It's really good. So um, and another one, which is definitely one that I think we were all kind of thinking of. And we were saying that we were very surprised that people didn't mention this ending is the ending to Sixth Sense. Because
1: come on, people, I know where was where was the mentions for this? I was waiting like like when we posted this, I was like, yeah, like when we posted this and I had to make a list of movies to that, I was going to possibly talk about or whatever. uh, How could that not be on the list? And I was waiting for somebody to mention it in our comments. And I don't think anybody did. And I'm like, man. that's crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, and us talking about endings where we're like, what just happened? You know, like with the Saw ending and all of that, this is the same thing. And it's also that iconic thing, kind of like you were saying with Star Wars, where you could say the I see dead people and people know what you're talking about, even if they haven't seen that movie it's epic it is so epic like just the movie itself is really good in my opinion i think the whole movie is great but then to find out at the end the reveal that bruce willis is dead the whole time and just the process of seeing him realize that that is what happened it's incredible And you're just like, what in the world? Like, it's so good. Like, the ending of Sixth Sense is one of the best endings that I have ever seen. It's so good.
1: Yeah. And when it's playing back the situations and stuff, and you're realizing that, yeah, he wasn't there. Yeah, he never opened that door. Yeah, that character never really looked at him. Like, I mean, it's just amazing how masterfully, I I can say, brilliant. That M. Night Shyamalan yeah. did with the camera angles, with everything, the way the characters were speaking to each other. And it was done in such a way that you yourself didn't even realize that he was a ghost. So it puts you in the exact same shoes of the character. And sometimes that is so hard to do with a movie like this. And so that can't be understated enough because most of the time with a movie like this you have to be omniscient you know as far as your position in the movie for a plot twist to work most of the time you got to know everything you got to know what every character is doing you got to know a little bit about everybody so that when it gets to the end it can trick you but this is one of those rare occasions where he showed you everything that that character was seeing and then pulled the wool over your eyes and said, no, Pete's an actual ghost. So what you thought you were seeing here, you really weren't seeing. So, yeah, it really is. It has to be one of the greatest endings in cinema. It has to be.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. And then it's also really cool because even if you've seen it before, that ending, like it still gets you. But also the fact that when you see it again, you just when you do know the ending you're looking for those things throughout the movie that kind of hint at it that you didn't yeah. notice before and i just remember yeah just even hearing of the things you're supposed to look for like when you see the color red that means something's about to happen or death is about to be around or something like that i remember that and i was like man and now so i'm looking all over for these red things like the red balloon and the red sweater you know all these things that you see yeah. that you that you don't know to pay attention to maybe but the fact that you do know to pay attention to them after you've seen that ending and you're just like, man, it was here the whole time. Like, that is a great movie, you know?
1: Yeah. So another great pick by Sterling. And yeah, come on, Cinefans, fans. You know, that was up there. You know, that was uh, that should have been on your list. <laughs> if You didn't mention it. You should have. You know it.
0: Seriously. I mean, it's, it's uh-huh. epic. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause I think the rest of us, like, I think we all expected somebody else was going to talk about it
1: <laughs> and yeah, like, nobody did, yeah.
0: but we were all <laughs> thinking it. We were just like, that has to be on there, you know? Um, So a couple of other ones he mentioned was the movie, the mist, which um, if I remember correctly, he enjoyed it because of just how Depressing. <laughs> the ending was because the whole time yeah. it's. I think it's this group of people trying to get away from. I think I think it's aliens or monsters. Is that what it is, Justin? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And there's like this, uh, and, and that's where the monsters uh, kind of lurk, and the the mist blinds you, and then of course you can't see them, but they can see you, and they can detect you, and that and that's how these tentacle uh, monsters uh, things can get you, and. So, and Thomas Jane was the main character and it's him and his family. And I forget if it was a, um, a mother and a daughter or a mother and son was some sort of combination like that. I think it, it was I remember, his
0: son and then just another okay. random woman, I think.
1: Okay. That was, she was, okay. It was just a woman and the son. Okay, great. And then I want to say, yeah, at the end of that movie, um, they're, they're they're trying to get out of there and they're in a vehicle. Right. And they're driving and they're driving. And like the and and of course, the the mist is out there. You can't really see anything. And they feel like they're cornered for some reason. They can't go any further. And I forget if the car stopped or something happened something happened to where they could no longer go. And so they're surrounded by this mist and they hear what they f- think are the, the monsters coming for him. So Thomas Jane, the father is like, man, I, I'm not going to let this woman I care about and my son get ravaged by these monsters. So he kills them so that they don't have to go through the torture of being eaten by these monsters. And as soon as he kills the both of them, All of a sudden you realize that the noises that he heard was the army and the National Guard and soldiers. And they come through the mist basically saying that, look, man, we're we've taken care of things and we're here to help. But he had already killed his son and this woman that he cared about. So, yeah, it was really just such a shock. And it was just. A horrible ending, but definitely a memorable one. And horrible, I mean, in a good way. Horrible for the character, but a great, memorable, shocking ending.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that is, that's a heartbreaking ending. <laughs> but, I mean, definitely a shock, I'm sure. So, yeah. Um, and let's see, a couple more he had. He mentioned, there will be blood. The ending of that and that monologue that uh, Daniel Day-Lewis does about the milkshake. (laughs) I know that that's a big one. Like, he makes it so menacing, you know, and anybody else would just not make that sound good at all. So,
1: Yeah, 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 it was great. And I then, have a straw, Eli, and I drink <laughs> and I put it inside of your cup and I sip it, Eli. I and I sip all of your milkshake up. I mean, it's a great monologue. And then that fighty ass and Paul Dano is great in that scene too. Yet another to movie say, where Paul Dano yeah. Yeah, yeah, another movie where Paul Dano absolutely kills and yeah, uh definitely was the a great solid ending to There Will Be Blood.
0: Yeah, and then also the movie, which another one was, it was a little bit of a shock that a lot of people didn't mention this one, is Scream, the ending of Scream. Yeah. I think somebody yeah. maybe did, but not a lot of people did. And that's true because that's one of my favorite horror movies. And it's because that ending is so good. Like, they they explain it. It's just shocking. It's really, it's just a really great ending. I I totally get that.
1: Yeah. And it was just such a because the screen movie itself is just such a great satire of slasher movies. But at the same time, not only was it kind of making fun and kind of a satire of those elements, but it also was very true to those elements, too. And it was a very unique, very innovative slasher film. And that's why. uh um, when I was asking just our our public and our people, uh, what are some of your top slasher movies? Uh, I swear, like 80 percent of the people on there had Scream somewhere yep. in their top five movies. So, yeah, I was super shocked when we did this endings thing. To not see Scream more because that ending was wonderful, and like when you get to the end of that, and the boyfriend that you thought dead was actually alive, and it's actually two people, two culprits, not just one, kind of working together, which explained a lot of things too, like how he would get, how the uh the Scream Mask Killer would get places so quickly, how he was yep. able to get here and there, and how he would—it almost seemed like he was almost like supernatural how he could be almost in two places at once well he was in two places at once so not only did it make a lot of sense not only was it innovative and not only did they try to say they were going to break the rule of the final girl surviving so all of that was in there man paying homage to these slashers but also doing something different with it so yeah it's easily One of the best horror movies, and it is, and it does have one of the best horror endings, you know. It's got to be something you mention when you talk about endings.
0: Yeah, it was almost like the reinvention of horror movies being good again, (laughs) at least the slasher ones, you know. It really
1: was. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I I always remember that movie. Man, that was a great movie. So, yeah, I get that. Um, And the final one that he mentioned is the movie The Others with Nicole Kidman. And um, that is also a great choice with with her and her kids and how they think, you know, ghosts are, you know, haunting them when really they're the ghosts. And it's just the live the family that's alive in the house that's kind of being haunted by them. That Mm -hmm. was amazing. That was a fantastic twist ending.
1: Yeah, they were actually the others in the house. And yeah, and that's one of those movies like. uh, uh, you know, if you haven't done it, <laughs> participated in it um, as part of our audience, we, we do these list things all the time. And one time we featured Nicole Kidman, and this was a movie I had in there. Like, I do think that for Nicole Kidman, this is one of my favorite Nicole Kidman movies. And as far as yeah, ghost sure. stories are concerned, yeah, like as far as like ghost stories are concerned, I think this is definitely one of the better horror story, ghost house, haunted house type of stories that there are. And th- and you're right. That was a brilliant ending. It, it it kind of borrows, I guess, in concept a little bit from The Sixth Sense where you got these people that don't know their ghosts. But it was so wonderfully done. It was masterfully done. The film is very fast paced and exciting and it's got great great jump scares. And then you had Nicole Kidman, who is just bringing her acting expertise to the role. So it just made for a recipe for something that tasted really great. You know, very great movie with a solid ending.
0: Yeah. And it was that was a surprise, too, because I think at that time, there were just so many kind of scary movies, type of movies coming out and Mm -hmm. it was just unexpectedly really good (laughs) which i guess i shouldn't be that shocked i mean when you have nicole kidman bringing her a game to a movie it's going to be good but you know you just the story of it and just it just played out really well it was so good yeah definitely a good choice um and since we are on best i think it might be okay to go ahead and mention this one so he mentioned he had a couple of favorite best alternative endings to movies, which is always a fun one to talk about. Um, the one, one of them that he mentioned was the descent, which great movie, super great yeah, movie. Great movie. Um, and yeah, the descent, the ending of that one. Um, yeah. I believe it was instead of where they actually get out and you see her in the car, you know, leaving the place. Um, it ends up where she kind of wakes up or no she's she's doing like a she's having a flashback memory of um her daughter's birthday I think is that right yeah and then yeah
1: her kid's birthday yeah
0: yeah and then you just you hear her just singing happy birthday and really it just shows that she's still in that cave and that she never got out of it and there's a bunch of the little monsters kind of swarming around her but she just is yeah it was just her having like a memory of something but still stuck down in the cave so and that is a great alternate ending for sure
1: yeah Yeah.
0: Am I getting that right? Because I I feel like I'm vague on the details because I'm trying to remember if that's how it went. I think that's how it went. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was it. No, that was it. Yeah, Yeah, they were surrounding her. And yeah, she was just thinking about her daughter, her birthday and everything. And, you know, just wishing she was out of there, but she never got out of there. And so it was like just that realization that man. She's still in. Oh, man, she's still in there. So she must have imagined getting out of the cave, but didn't really get out of there. And so it was just a, one of those endings where it's like, oh, man, you know, yeah, I wish she had made it. But still very great. And man, what a visually pleasant, intense ride that that movie was. So, yeah, it was a great alternate ending. That
0: is also an underrated, great horror movie yeah it's so good for sure um or i guess monster movie whatever you want to call it but yeah it's so good um and the other one he mentioned as a favorite Alternative ending is Butterfly Effect, which I think, Jason. I know you had sort of mentioned it, but he, uh, and if you want to talk about it a little bit, and you're, because I think there were two endings, right? There were two different
1: alternate yeah, endings. There was like, it. man, th- yeah, there were so many alternate endings to the Butterfly Effect. And actually, uh I had one kind of categorized in my worst category because I really didn't like the whole, oh, um, you know, he makes all these changes because he's going, because the, yeah, because the idea is he's going back in time and making all these changes and stuff like that. And he's trying, and he screws up all these people's lives. So he tries to undo it to where those people never meet him. And hopefully that prevents the butterfly effect. So in one end, did he just see some of the girl that he liked and Uh, from his past and you know they walk by they don't notice each other but sterling pointed to another alternate ending and this one i hadn't seen but he brought this one to my attention and this is now and this one is kind of i think is actually good so this ashton kutcher character what he actually winds up doing is because every time he tried to go back and fix something, it seems like it caused something else or it caused some sort of other catastrophe or something like it. And he just couldn't get it right. So he what he winds up doing is there's a scene where he goes back in time into the womb of his mother as a baby and he chokes himself with the umbilical cord so that he never comes out of his mother's womb and hopefully that will prevent him from messing up everybody's lives with the whole butterfly effect time travel stuff so Mm -hmm. and and when I think about that ending that is a tragic ending but it's also a very thoughtful and kind of creative ending that they went all the way back to this man went all the way back to himself in the womb and, and put you know implanted his consciousness into his baby version and doing that to himself so that he wouldn't be a stain on the world. So yeah, that that's a very interesting ending and that is a much better ending than what we got on the uh, theatrical releases. So yeah I, yeah, I like that one.
0: And I think what was more with that one too, I it was he said something about and I haven't seen it, but something about how. After that happened and baby Ashton, you know, kills himself, um, the doctors or whoever, when they find out that he's dead, they're kind of like, oh, no, not again. They say something like that where you feel like, oh, so they've done this before and other people have also done this to themselves because of this experiment or whatever it is. Um, So, yeah, that is. That was kind of crazy, too, because it's like a more daunting ending where you're just like, they know this is happening. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, I I could see that being a crazier ending for sure. Um, But, yeah, I mean, and since we're talking a little bit about the best alternative endings, I think for me, I mean. I I don't know if I necessarily have a favorite alternate ending. Um I didn't mind the alternate ending to Get Out where instead of him being Oh, that was great. Yeah, instead of him being rescued by his friend, he ends up actually getting put in prison. Um it and I think yeah, I think on the the one we had mentioned before like the the recording we did before, we mentioned that it was a more fitting ending to the story as a whole and the events that happened throughout the movie. But it was a little bit too dark compared with everything else or mm-hmm. to go along with everything else that happened. so Jordan Peele, I guess, decided on a little bit more of an uplifting ending where, you know, he gets rescued by his friend and he doesn't get thrown in jail, which I actually prefer that because it really, it it was, it was a great way to end it. I think either ending works well. But I'm glad they went with the more like happy, positive ending on that. And um, yeah, so that will be for me, I would say that one is one that sticks out as like a favorite alternate ending if I had to if I had to choose one.
1: No, that's a great one to bring up. And like you said, I'm in the same exact camp as you. They could have went with that. He gets arrested scenario, because honestly, watching the film, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. When that cop car pulled up and he was on top of this white woman and this car pulls up, the only thing I could think is, oh, well, he's a dead man. He's either a dead man or he's going to be arrested and blamed for all of this. That was the first thing that immediately went into your mind, which is why I do appreciate the ending that they went with because that made that moment super suspenseful and I, because I was like oh no they're gonna arrest him oh no he's gonna get blamed for this and when it was his friend it there was just I just let out a sigh of relief like oh thank yes. goodness That was <laughs> you amazing. know it's his friend he's actually gonna make it out of this okay it was his friend he's gonna actually make it out of this and I think that If it had just happened the other way, I would have been like, oh, damn, man, I get it. But I don't think that would have been as satisfying because I would have known I would have felt that I would have known that was going to happen. And it would have just affirmed what something that, of course, is a great conversation piece about our society and profiling and police brutality and stuff. All of that stuff is definitely there which is why, like you said, Heather, the ending makes sense. But I did like being, but I did like thinking he was going to get arrested and then Mm -hmm. getting that relief of it not, that not being the case. I think that does work better overall.
0: Yeah, because it is definitely a heavy movie. So yeah, that ending, that was, it was such a relief at the end when you realize it's his friend and he's like, what's going on? You know, it was so good, man. Get Out is such a perfect movie. I love that movie. Yeah, it's wonderful. Do you have any other um, alternate endings that you would say are a favorite?
1: Uh, I think I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm good. I was actually,
0: I had just thought about this too. I I know that there's an alternate ending to I Am Legend, but I don't remember what it is. I just remember what actually happens at the end. Do you remember what the alternate ending
1: is? I do not, but I know it had one. And I want to say it was considered a good one, or at least a memorable one. But I cannot think of what that was. Oh my gosh! But yes, it did have an alternate end, and I know it did for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up because I remember people saying like that. It, I, I think that it kind of was a, it was a good one, but it was also an up in the air one, like Get Out, where it was like either one would have been fine. But I can't mm-hmm. remember what it is. If anyone out there remembers what that is, please let us know because. Yeah. um i yeah and i am legend i like that movie a lot i think it's a great movie um yeah. so yeah that is that is all that um i have for the alternate best alternate endings anyway so um yeah if we want to start off with some dislikes on endings um yeah Justin, if you want to start that off
1: Sounds good. So, um, and so definitely this was a a list where you could put a lot of different movies, but I just wanted to put some that still leave a bad taste in my mouth, some that just stood out with me. So, to start this, I'm just going to start with um, uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Now, don't get me wrong, and I think that this is why I'm even more bitter on this movie ending, because as a movie, I really like The Dark Knight Rises. I thought that um that 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 the that um the Bane in this was they did a good job with him. I thought that the whole story with Batman being damn near incapacitated and breaking um and having to recover from the back injury and climb out of the cave and all of that stuff and showing that grit and determination and eventually uh defeating Bane and all of that stuff. I thought that the film you know, all of that was effective. Uh, And Hathaway was in there as, as kind of like a startup or like a preliminary, like Catwoman in her preliminary stages. And I thought that she did a good job as well. I thought she was also good in that film. So the film is not a bad film, but oh my God, is the ending just awful. And, and it's just one of those things where I think that sometimes if you just isolate a movie and you don't factor in anything else and you just look at the film in a bubble, I get what they were thinking you know this guy is older he's been fighting crime and everything like that and there's got to come a time where he's got to think okay I've got to stop at some point and I've got to live my life and so you get this resolution at the end where you have got Bruce Wayne at this uh, dinner table and he's no longer Batman Batman is seemingly gone or missing or something like that and then there's a hint that um, that Joseph Gordon Levitt's character uh, somebody uh, asked him Something and he goes, I go by Robin or something. So you get in the (laughs) the sense that Robin's going to take over the mantle or everything like that. But you get the sense of it, though they didn't definitively say that. But we're in France, I believe. That's where we were, France, I think. And we're at this dinner table and he's sitting there and everybody thought that he died in this explosion. Everybody was like, Oh, Batman, did he die in the explosion? Is he dead? Is he gone? You know, we haven't seen Batman since he. Uh, flew off into that explosion to save Gotham or whatever. And so he's sitting here at this table in France. And then Catwoman Anne Hathaway uh, walks up and sits down with them at the table. And I was like, <laughs> what? I mean, like, I just couldn't help but be so upset with that ending. Because if you are A fan of the Batman character, if you know anything about the Batman character, you know that that fool is not giving up being Batman. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's just you're not an ending I can accept. And I get it. If you're just looking at this in a bubble and saying a man has to retire from what he does. I totally get that. I guess a man has to eventually go in retirement, the wear and tear and stuff like that. Retirement is what we do when we get older. But that's not what I want in my Batman, man. <laughs> that's not what I wanted to see out of my Batman, because There have been comic iterations of this character where he, even in old age, is still finding a way to protect Gotham City, is still finding a way uh, to be Batman. And I want to say I brought this up in our uh, first recording of this, but there's a comic book series called Kingdom Come, and it's a Superman story. And it's a wonderful story about Superman, but Batman and Wonder Woman and other Justice League people are all in the story as well. And there's a moment in that comic where we shift gears and we go to Gotham to see what Batman is doing. And it's crazy because even though he is an old man, he has created this exoskeleton that allows him to be able to move his body around and stuff like that. It's a mechanized exoskeleton. So even though he's old as hell, he can still move his body around and his arms and stuff and can still put on a bad suit that's perfectly fitted (laughs) for this exoskeleton. Yeah, that's what these are the lengths that this man has gone through to still be Batman. And on top of that. He has built these bat robots that these giant just the iron giant looking robots with bat symbols on them and they walk around and they literally stop crimes and he's surveillance he's got the whole city surveillance on cameras and all of this kind of stuff and there's a funny joke in it because uh, I think Superman is talking to somebody and he's like so what is Bruce doing? And they were like oh Bruce is still in Gotham and he said well how is Gotham doing. And they were like, Oh, Gotham is doing just fine. There's no crime at Gotham. And then it shows (laughs) Batman, like all this old Batman, just controlling these bat robots and grabbing robbers and taking them to prison and stuff. So to me, is that a little bit outlandish? Yes, but it speaks to the resolve of that character. He's never going to stop doing that. He's always going to do that. I mean, even in Batman Beyond, he, he's, oh, he's an old, older Bruce Wayne that reluctantly takes on an apprentice, but he still is helping and try to uh, push his legacy forward onto somebody else so that at least somebody is still Batman in Gotham City. So see, this is just a person who would never abandon his post. And so that's why I couldn't forgive this movie in Dark Knight Rises because it was just such a, such an abandonment from that character. And I think that that's the biggest sin that you can create as an ending, especially with a with a character that is familiar or well known. Sometimes an ending would just have a tendency because it's ending, they'll just have a character kind of do something out of left field or do something a little bit uncharacteristic. Or he resolves he or she resolves to do something that's kind of not really in their wheelhouse. And I really think that this was that situation. Nolan wanted to end it but he didn't want to end it with a continuation he wanted a definitive ending so i understand that but man that's not batman dude so you have to sacrifice who batman is in order to have an ending and i think that is one of the biggest sins you could create with such an iconic character
0: hmm. that's interesting cuz like i guess i guess this is where in a sense it's a gift and a curse that i haven't read the comics <laughs> because they don't really I wouldn't have known that that was how Batman was in general, where he was like, no, I'm not going to give up this. Like, I mean, you can kind of tell in the yeah. movies and stuff like that, like he's like that. But cause I actually, when I, when I saw the movie, I actually liked how they ended it because, it, you know, I'm a sucker for a happy ending. So it seems like, you know, he was away from all the craziness of, you know, having to be Batman and the burden of that responsibility, which he loved, but also, felt like it was weighing on him and that maybe he wasn't the best fit anymore to do the job it kind of mm-hmm. seemed like and yeah, so yeah. you know and it almost was like a you know out of respect for the person who basically raised him who was alfred and how he mentioned like wanting that that dream for him and being able to actually see that happen was it was kind of cool because i feel like he was out of respect for. The person who he most cared about in this world (laughs) to kind of see that, hey, I'm okay, And I'm 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 doing things outside of being Batman, which is what I know you wanted for me type of thing. So I guess in that sense, I liked it because I feel like he was, you know, trying to show like, hey, I'm okay, And I've I'm able to have a life outside of being Batman all the time. But yeah, I mean if you're basing it yeah. on comics and everything, you're right. I mean that it just it seems like it from what you're telling me, it seems out of character for how he would actually be. You know, he'd be like, "No, I'm not giving this up. No, there's no way." So, I definitely see, you know, when you explain that, I get more why people have such a problem with that ending. Um, and also the Robin thing too how it was just like out of nowhere just like a I think like a fan service yeah. type of thing even
1: though I feel like yeah. a lot of fans
0: didn't like it <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah yeah but just like yeah I could see how people have a problem with it but I guess I you know maybe I need to watch it again though to like having more knowledge of the character of who Batman was outside of these movies but yeah cuz at first at first sight of it I actually liked how they ended it because you know, you actually think that Batman's dead. I mean, maybe you don't really, I mean, you might've not, Justin, but <laughs> I was like, Oh no, Batman's actually dead. And then you see that he's like, Nope, I'm good. I'm just living life here now outside of my Batman <laughs> duties, you know? And, um, I think it was, it was, either you were Sterling on like the first time we recorded when, um, <laughs> when they were saying like, Who doesn't know who Bruce Wayne is though? Like anywhere you go in the world, if you're that big of a rich millionaire person, like known for what you're known for, you're going to, people are going to know who you are. So that made no sense. So I get that too, but it's just, it's just those people who love like the sucker, the suckers for the, the happy endings of things, which is me sometimes. I think that's the people that liked it. But the people who know more true to who the Batman character is are like, what? <laughs> what is this ending? So I can actually see it going both ways. This is a very like up in the air. I could see the the hating and the loving it.
1: Yeah, you know, it would it would almost be like I don't know what's a good example of this. Well, the the metaphor the the example's not coming, but but no, but I totally get what you're saying. Like. In a bubble, if you just look at it as a film, if you just look at it as a film and the character and what he was going through and how he was having doubts about being doing this anymore. And if you just really simplify it to this was a man who had given his life to this, but it wasn't working out. He was having doubts. His body was giving up on him and it was time to finally accept that. And what the people in his life wanted for him was to have some sort of happiness. So at the end, he survives that final battle and chooses his happiness instead of going back to that job that that, that does hurt him in a lot of ways. And if you look at it just as a narrative like that, it does work. You know, that ending makes a lot of sense and he does get some happiness. So it is a good ending in that sense. But I think just for me personally, like you said, it's the it's the personal way that I feel about the character that doesn't Allow me to accept that, but yes, in a bubble though, I can admit the critic in me admits it is not (laughs) a bad ending in the sense that from point A to point B, just the movie, just the confines of the narrative, the ending does make sense. You know,
0: I think I and I do get it because there's there was actually a lot of people who mentioned that Dark Knight Rises was not a favorite of theirs, (laughs) so I get it. Like either way, I I could see the point of it. but um I think I'm trying to think any more. Jason, did you go through all of your
1: dislikes that you had? Oh yeah, there was that one and um another dislike I'll shift to T V. Yeah, I guess you're right. I didn't talk about this one. Um another uh one that I did not like and now I'm gonna shift to T V here, uh is the ending of Dexter and man oh, this yeah. one Yeah, this one makes me really sad because I love the Dexter series. I think that it was a great series. I think that Dexter is a great character, a very memorable, very interesting, very compelling character. And I think that that show had some of the best season finales there is because you know because everybody remembers how they felt on the series finale of a show but sometimes uh season finalities season finalities season finales don't get enough credit sometimes for how well they end and Dexter is a show that just has some of the best season finales where you just mouth just hits the floor and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see where they go with this. So my hat is off to Dexter overall, but the ending, man, oh my gosh, the ending. (laughs) In the end, it's just feels so disjointed those last few episodes and it feels so rushed and, you know, none of the loose ends that it tries to tie up feel authentic or feel worthy of the characters. And then in the end, they make you think that he's going to accept his fate for all these people he killed and just go ahead and probably go out swinging or go or, or, or go out dead, you know, because it seemed like that would have been a fitting end for this. Kind of morally gray, kind of crazy type of character, you know. Um, I, I think that, you know, we should have just saw the end of him and just gave him a great send off. But instead, what we got <laughs> was him faking his death and all, and 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 the and the and the way the it's shot and the way it looks in the series finale, it makes you think, oh, uh, what happened? Is he dead? What happened to him? Is he dead? And then all of a sudden, we see him and he's staring at the camera, and he's got on lumberjack clothes and equipment, and he's got this big beard, and he turns around like he's about to go uh <laughs> chop wood or something and it's just awful man it's just a, a terrible ending again they should have chopped that off the film roll
0: <laughs> similar to like a dark knight rises ending just like pretend like you're dead and go somewhere else <laughs>
1: Yeah, pretty much. Maybe that maybe that's my problem. I don't like this ending where you fake (laughs) your death and then you're somewhere else. Maybe I just don't. Maybe I have a problem with that ending. But no, like but Dexter. Yeah, it just that was just to me here. It felt like a cop out, at least in Batman. Dark Knight Rises. I'll admit that ending felt earned, even though I didn't like it. It felt earned by the end of the not of the narrative. This did not feel earned at all. It just felt like at that point, it was time for Dexter to get his and he doesn't. And then you're just left with him in some random place somewhere in a forest somewhere. So like, (laughs) what the hell? You know, what is this? (laughs) Exactly. And that show was on for
0: (laughs) what several seasons, right? So, yeah, it's just like, why is this the ending you're giving this show for people who've invested in it? Like... (laughs)
1: Yeah, just to have all that invested and this is kind of what we talked about when we were talking about friends and everything like that. Sometimes less is more. Right. I didn't need to to have a super outlandish ending for this character. But at least give me an ending. Don't tell me that he faked his death and he's still alive somewhere so there could potentially be more you could do with this character, but you told me you're not going to do any more with the character. So you feel lied to. You feel like you know, it's somebody saying this is the end. But guess what? He's still alive and still at large and still running from the law. But yeah, this is the end for him. So it didn't feel like an end. It felt like right. we were just going to pick up, you know, next season in Missouri somewhere and he's chopping wood. That's what it seemed like. But right. Obviously, it was over. So, yeah, <laughs> don't ever do that again, Dexter.
0: Big question mark at the me. end of that one, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: you, you hurt me, Dexter. You hurt me. But yeah, that kind of um, sums it up for some of my uh, dislikes as far as endings.
0: It's funny because shout out to Devin because he actually, um, not too long ago, he was talking to me about Dexter and that show on Netflix called You. I don't know if you've seen that, Justin, but it's a pretty popular one now and it's pretty good but basically he was trying to say that he thinks it would be awesome to connect the two where it's like the you ending meets the Dexter ending. And it's just like this stalker guy from you when he's about to like get ready to kill somebody, he turns around and he sees Dexter trying to kill him because he ended up in the same town or something when he pretended to be dead. I was like, Interesting. Okay. Like huh. was that like, is interesting right.
1: actually.
0: Yeah, cuz I he had just watched you and he was like, "Heather, oh my gosh, I have this brilliant idea for the ending for both of these shows." It's <laughs> like, "Okay, that's fair, which probably would be a more satisfying ending than what you got with Dexter." So, um, you know, maybe yeah. we should just redo oh, it. Yeah. Make that happen, Devin.
1: Um Exactly. Devin, you're right. <laughs> You're it would right. be it
0: would be super interesting. <laughs> I kind of like it when shows do crossover type things like that. Um or like nods to other things. Like I think that's pretty cool. But um yeah. Yeah. So, but for me, um a couple of dislikes I have. I have a couple of TV shows on mine that were just not I didn't I didn't like how they ultimately ended things with them. The first one I'm going to talk about is Gilmore Girls. And the ending I'm talking about, because technically they have two endings. They have the ending of the whole show, and then they came back and did like a a mini series um like a year in the life, like I don't know, six, seven, ten years later or something. So the ending of that, the year in the life, it is a terrible ending, which I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to bring it back full circle. But what happens in the ending of that is um Lorelei the daughter, um, I think that's Lorelai or is that Rory? I don't know who, whichever one the daughter is. I don't even remember anymore, but she ends up sitting down with her mom. And the very last thing that the show ever says in the entire thing is mom, I'm pregnant, which is basically like, it's kind of coming full circle to show that she's, she's a lot more like her mom than she thinks. And she's sort of, Making the same, not necessarily mistakes that her mom made because her mom never saw it as a mistake, but just kind of following the same path and basically ending up being exactly like her mom when her mom always wanted better for her to go off and have this great degree and a great job and a great life and wanted her to be completely opposite of her basically. But at the very end of this, it just shows her being like, hey, mom, I'm pregnant. You don't know who the dad is. You don't know what happened. You don't know what happens after that. Cause that was the very last scene of the whole thing. And I did not like it. (laughs) I was just like, it's, I mean, just all of this character development they do with both the mom and the daughter who are super close. And then just, you know, all of the life lessons that she learns. And like, she went to Harvard. She just, she had all these things that all these plans and just this big life in front of her. And she decides she wants to give it up anyway, because she just she feels this pressure to be something that she doesn't want to be anymore. So then she ends up moving back home and like she's fine with it, not living up to the potential that her mom knows that she can be at. And at the end, like she's kind of in a little love triangle situation with a couple of different guys. And at the end, it just says, hey, mom, I'm pregnant. And that's how it ends. And that is not (laughs) satisfying. It's terrible. It seems super out of character for the person that she's been for however many seasons it was on. I did not like it. I was not a fan of that ending at all. So yeah, (laughs) that was not great. Um, And the other television show ending I did not like was Gossip Girl um, because... That's basically about a town of like upper class socialites, lots of, you know, high school kids that feel very entitled and college kids. And this pretty much like a blogger person who finds out all these juicy and crazy details about everybody in that city, in that town, in that life, and, you know, blast them for the things they're doing, whether it's crimes or you know, affairs or whatever it is. There's just some blogger out there that nobody knows who it is. And she's just like blasting all the people and uh, (laughs) and just really ruining their lives. And then at the very, very end of the show, you find out that Gossip Girl is actually Dan, who is Penn Badgley, who basically he's the main guy of the show. (laughs) He moves there. He's like a new guy to the town. He moves there and he immediately falls in love with Serena who is Blake Lively and the whole show is surrounded by him trying to like be good enough to be with her. And turns out this whole time yeah, (laughs) and this whole time. And he's a writer or like a aspiring writer. And this whole time, it turns out like I think they go a couple of different times between who Gossip Girl actually is, but ultimately it ends up that he was Gossip Girl the whole time. And you're just like, What? Why? Like that makes zero sense, especially because how does he know all of these details about these people's past before he got there? If he's new to town, you know, it just doesn't make sense for what the show was. And then he ends up telling Blake Lively's character, the girl he loves, like, hey, guess what? I'm Gossip Girl. And she's just like, oh, OK, I forgive you like just like oh you didn't just ruin everybody's <laughs> lives for like 7 years and put people in jail and get people in terrible situations she's just like okay it's fine i forgive you thanks for telling me and <laughs> that's just so anticlimactic it just was terrible and it just doesn't make sense that it was him at all and um yeah so i did not like how that ended at all <laughs> um but for Movies, I will say, I just have a couple of them that I'm going to say for my movies. The first one being Gone Girl with Ben Affleck and I think her name is Rosamund Pike. Um, oh yeah, okay. That movie, it's a good movie. Really good movie. Probably some of Ben's best work in a while um, until the way back. But um, it's it's just, it's not satisfying to me because for me, like all the terrible things that she did granted he was he was not great either because he's you know having affairs and all these things but she just plays this insane game with him of also disappearing pretending to be dead this is a theme jason i'm telling you it's a theme with these movies and these shows (laughs) pretends like she's dead so that she—I <laughs> didn't realize that till That's right so, now. It's so true. It's we like got a
1: Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> the general idea of that is like intriguing, but just the way that these particular ones we're talking about has done it—it's like you're not doing it right, you know. But um, yeah. but yeah, she pretends like she's dead because she wants basically her husband to be f- framed and you know charged for her murder, basically to get back at him. And so she goes through all these crazy lengths to just really make sure that he's the one that is framed for it and whatever. And, you know, she's really terrible and manipulative and all these things. And at the end of it, because her plan, I guess, doesn't really work out the way she wants it to, because I think he's sort of figuring out what's happening too. So he kind of gives her hints that he knows she's still alive and whatever. And so her plan doesn't work out. So she goes with a different Also crazy plan and pretends like, oh, she was like kidnapped by somebody and all these things. And at the very end, it's kind of like this understanding they have of each other. And he knows like you are terrifying and you're evil and you're the worst. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, I know. That's kind of how it goes. And even still, she's like, oh, but by the way, I'm pregnant. So, you know, and then ultimately he ends up deciding to stay with her. And I think my question is, is she actually pregnant? I don't remember if she is or I don't. I think I just was skeptical that she actually was, that she was maybe just trying to trap him. And so she was saying she was, but you never really find out. Um, Yeah. And just like, and I, I get that, like, for the sake of, you know, if she is pregnant, he wants to, you know, support his family and all that. But just, he just gave in. He just didn't even do anything. He was just like, okay, well, this is my life forever. (laughs) And I didn't like that. I was like, kind of hoping there would be this revenge of like, I'm going to find out and I'm going to prove that you're not actually pregnant and I'm going to get you back and you're going to get in trouble and be put in jail. I wanted something like that for the ending. And that's not what happened at all. So it just, it was not, it, it, it didn't live up to what the rest of the movie was. So I was kind of pretty disappointed with that movie.
1: Yeah, um, I totally get uh, where you're coming from with that. And I know that uh, Sterling disagreed and he thought that it was a a pretty awesome ending. But I definitely understand the uh, the mixture of feelings, because it seems like every person I every other person you talk to either hates that ending or or loves it it feels like there's no in between and but but uh quite a few people did mention it um as one yeah that they didn't like either so yeah it's just one of those where i think you it's almost like kind of like your brain has to work a little bit to like it when it shouldn't i think i said that right like <laughs> yeah you know, if you got to twist it and turn it too much to make it seem like a meaningful ending, then that probably speaks to its quality that you didn't just automatically think it was good. So that there is something to be said for that, for sure.
0: But great movie overall and phenomenal acting, for sure.
1: So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a fun ride, though. And mm-hmm. you know, the, the acting was awesome. For sure.
0: Yeah. Um, And then the other, the last one I'm going to say for my dislikes of movies is um, Hereditary. So for me, this is a conflicting one because (laughs) I do overall enjoy that movie. I think it's a good movie. I think some of the scenes from that movie are the most memorable scenes of any movie I've ever seen. Just either seared in my brain because they're so disturbing (laughs) or because the acting is so great, like just the family dynamic between them and the conversations that they have. It's very real. It's very awesome how they how they do that dynamic. Um I cannot say enough good things about the acting in this movie. Tony Collette, Alex Wolf especially are just incredible in this movie um and that i can never take away anything that they've done in this movie because everything they did is fantastic it's just the ending of it it loses me in the last like 30 minutes of the movie when i feel like it's starting like a completely different movie (laughs) because you throughout the movie there's apparently these things that they were sort of hinting at that I just feel like were so brief that you didn't know you needed to pay attention <laughs> to them for the ending and at the end you're just like who is king piedman you know and like cuz that's apparently you know this group of people who i guess um tony collette's mom was like the leader of this i guess it was a cult or something yeah or something, coven like that, yeah. Or something. Yeah. yeah and um you know and so basically the whole thing is they needed a new king a new king Piedmon, to come through to through some body bodily form to become king again or something and they just vaguely reference things where you feel like that's where it's gonna go but you you i honestly for me i had no idea that's where it was gonna go with this movie and you're just like wait what It doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, if I guess on upon a second watching it probably would. But at the first time, it's just like it's so like either drawings they show or symbols they show things like that that. They show throughout this movie that it's so brief that you just you don't know what you need to be looking for in those scenes or in those symbols and pictures and things. So, it's very easy to miss what's happening. Um it just was very lacking along with what the rest of the movie was for me. It just did not live up to the potential of what that ending could have been. And it just was I mean, it throws you off, but not in a way of you feel like oh, okay, I get what they were doing. It's more of a throw off of like, wait, that came out of nowhere. What? (laughs) So for me, that's just how I felt about the ending (laughs) of this movie. And I just don't think that it, I don't think the ending was done well in comparison with the whole rest of the movie. Like the first hour and a half of that movie is so good and so intense and very intriguing and captivating. Um, for so many reasons and then this is what they come up with as the ending and it just it was just there was some kind of disconnect for me between the last 30 minutes and the whole rest of the movie so for me I was not a fan of the ending of it
1: Yeah, and uh, this was a movie where I did have to watch it several times to really understand what they were trying to say myself. And the thing is, is that, uh, you know, I was higher on this movie than you guys were. But the truth of the matter is, is that this was an overhyped film. I think that they kind of said um, initially that, oh, this is the best film since The Exorcist. And they really kind of put this film... Uh, the on a critical pedestal. Mm. The and way then they promoted it,
0: it, yeah, was different. Yeah,
1: and then when you see it, it's just not what you're expecting. You're You're expecting something fast-paced and stuff like that, and this is not that movie. And then the ending, just to speak for it, I mean, I was fine with the ending, but it's nothing groundbreaking or anything we haven't seen before. I mean, you've seen a ton of movies where there's this occult conspiracy and they're trying to get someone or get the sacrifice, these people or get these people to do something because there's a demon at play or there's a cult leader that needs them or there are sacrifices that need to be made. So this is not a film ending that you haven't seen before. And it probably has been done better in a lot of other movies. So it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, did the ending work for what they had? For the most part, I think, yes, but it's true. I have to watch this several times and there are a lot of things that you have to pick up on or are required really to pick up on or it will lose you. And they could have explained some things a little bit better with the occult, especially with the occult. You only got glimpses of them. You only saw a few things about a man. You got the uh, picture that her mother was this cult leader. But, uh, you know, nothing was definitive enough for you to just know for sure. It's all done with visual stuff and stuff like that. And that, that, that can be hit or miss, you know. Well, you don't want to explain it to people. So I get the complaints about it for sure.
0: Yeah. And I do. I think you're absolutely right, too, about you. Like we were talking about the way this was promoted, like it was promoted to be yeah. a suspense horror movie. And really, it was it. It was a drama with horror elements to it is really what it was. Yeah. And I think that that and that has nothing to do with like the rest of the movie, like even even though it was kind of miss. I think it was mislabeled for what type of movie it was. It was still amazing. Like it doesn't take away from some of the greatest and visually it's beautiful throughout, no matter what part oh, of the yeah. movie it is. It's visually very beautiful. And yeah, like I said, honestly, it might be some of the best acting I've seen in a movie in a while. You know, it's great. And Ins- insanely great performances, but yeah, it's just, yeah, you, you expect the horror element to be different than what it actually comes out to be. And then at the end, it's just, it just is, it kind of, it's a little bit of a letdown. But yeah, so that's, that is me. And I think, yeah, I do remember when we did this podcast, I know that you had a higher score probably than the rest of us did, but I wasn't far behind you because overall I enjoyed the movie. I think I gave it a B. I think you maybe gave it yeah. a high B. I maybe gave it a low B. And Sterling, yeah, yeah it was like a higher like B. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and Sterling was like, "Uh, no, it's terrible." But no, <laughs> and I agree. I think that, and that's part of it too. Like sometimes the ending just can't match or measure up to the movie itself. They came before it. Like, like, and I think this is one of those examples, like there was such great acting going on and there was a lot of great camera work and there was doing all of these great things with these dollhouses and then the actual house coming to life within the almost see, seamlessly transitioning from those dollhouses to actual scenes and this, that and the other. I mean, there was a lot of great things going on with this movie. And then that ending is just kind of typical of a lot of other movies we've seen, so yeah, what you wind up getting is something that develops extremely well. Like it, it's a great, well acted, well shot story, like you said. But then you get to that ending, and it's you know it's it's a me- it's a mediocre ending. It's just. Uh, uh, nothing we haven't seen before. So that is a bit disappointing, especially when you consider how quality the film is leading up to the ending.
0: Yeah, it's almost like they they took the rest of the movie. They really tried to lay out some really great things, and it almost felt like the last fifteen twenty minutes was just rushed or something. I yeah. don't know, but yeah. um, and yeah, I think it's just a prime example for me of. If the movie ending were different, this score for me would have gone up a bit. You know, I probably would have been mm-hmm. on the same page as you with my score or maybe even in the A's almost because it's everything else about it's really good. It's just the way that it ends is it changes a lot of things for me and in, in my scoring and how I feel about this movie. But um, but mm-hmm. it's just a prime example of an ending can really make or break a movie for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah yeah so for me i mean that's honestly that's really all of my dislikes um on my end of it and i just i can just clump in a little bit of the alternate ending things too an alternate ending i did not care for is the alternate ending to training day um and it it really wasn't (laughs) it wasn't even an alternate ending so much as just like an extended ending of how it did end which was Basically, I mean, it ended when Denzel Washington's character dies, you know, and all the police are swarming around and, you know, all that. And um, but then it just has this extended ending where you just see um, Ethan Hawke's character, you know, going back home and he has like the bag of money that I guess was being stolen or taken and he just has it in his car and he keeps it. And that's just sort of how that ends. And I just feel like that was not at all necessary. So I'm glad they didn't yeah. make it the official <laughs> ending of the movie. Um, Cause I don't think there was any point to it. And it kind of takes away a little bit of like what you like so much about Ethan Hawke's character in this movie, the fact that he's keeping that money, you know? So I just, I didn't care for it and I'm glad they didn't make it an official ending for it. I think the way it ended is how it should have ended for the type of movie that that was. So for me, that's going to be my um, dislike for alternate endings.
1: Cool. did we want to uh, run down some of Sterling's, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and list off some of his? Sure. So um, l- let's get the ones that he's wrong about out of the way first. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> all of them. Okay. Just kidding. Uh, all yes. All of them. No. Um, he mentioned so for some of his worst, he wanted us to make sure we mentioned Infinity War. Endgame and Logan. you definitely <laughs> wanted those uh mentioned as uh worse endings. And uh
0: Some people did um, mention endgame, but I feel like they mentioned them more for like being a a better ending, which I actually I would agree, I think it's actually one of the better endings to a movie that I've seen. A great conclusion yeah. to a saga, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs>
1: No, I, I'm I'm in the same boat as you, you know, not to not to argue too much with Sterling because he can't defend himself. But and even when he talks about it, it's it's like he doesn't like it for cer for like outside factors. Well, not with Logan. He just thought Logan was dumb. But what he says about Endgame and Infinity War is, well, w- I knew that these actors, w- we knew that they had other movies coming up and I knew that these actors contracts were coming up so I couldn't get out of anything emotionally out of them because it was predictable because we knew what that other movies were either coming up. So we knew these characters weren't going to die or we knew contracts were coming to an end. So those characters were dead. And I don't know. I guess I can see that. view. It's a weird viewpoint uh, uh, in the sense that I just try to judge what's in the movie. And I think if you just look at what's in the movie. I feel like sometimes when you start factoring in things that they can't control, like contracts or, you know, this guy didn't like the same flavor as coffee as me. So I just don't like his movie. I don't know that that just seems kind of weird to me. But I, looking at it just as a movie, though. I thought Infinity War and Endgame were two really solid endings and I even liked Logan also. I was high on Logan. I know y'all weren't, but those are three um that he didn't like. He also talked about the turning. Oh, he really didn't like oh, the turning. Oh shoot.
0: You know what? Yeah, and I also I forgot about that as an alternate ending too. But yeah, go ahead. I that was a terrible ending. Both of them were. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it it was terrible. I totally agree with you, Sterling, on this one, man. This was an awful, it was an awful ending. You get all the way to the end of that, and she's, and I mean, she. (laughs)
0: like, I can't even
1: say it so bad. I can't even (laughs) say it. Yeah, it's just so stupid. And like, you know, you get to the end of this, and there's. A bed or I think it's her mom or something. And then she looks at the person and goes, ah, and screams. And that's the end of the movie. And it just, I mean, everything, all the development we got up to that point, it just didn't. I mean, none of that came together to make any coherent sense. I didn't understand what this movie wanted to be. Was it trying to be a cautionary tale about you know, mental p- health and how that can transfer? Yeah. Was it trying to be something about like how you should care? The people don't leave the people you care for behind. I mean, what was this movie? No idea. No, ending. I totally get that. <laughs> like, it did not help.
0: Yeah. And I, it's almost like Not not really, but it almost feels like it gave you three endings, too, because there's the whole like that whole sequence of her coming out of the house with the kids and actually getting out and driving away. And then Mm -hmm. suddenly, you know, a quarter way through or whatever it was, you know, it goes back and because it just shows like that was just like a vision she was having or something. And then it goes back in time to a previous scene in the movie. And that's not actually what happened at all. And then what does happen is, yeah, I mean, you just find out that she basically it it seems like they're trying to show that she is crazy, just like her mom, you know and or basically yeah. like I am just I'm becoming the same person that my mom is and my mom is mentally unstable and mm, so you're just like yeah. okay so are you saying like everything that happened was made up in your head how far back are we going here with the things that you did not didn't actually see and what actually happened and not it's very True. unclear for most of the movie and yeah and then the, the alternate ending is even worse it's an even worse ending that didn't clear anything up anymore you know <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) it just basically ends with she tries to choke the little boy finn wolfhard or basically she's trying to choke the ghost out of him (laughs) that's the evil ghost (laughs) and then it turns into finn wolfhard because he is that ghost or whatever the ghost was in him and the little girl makes her realize that it's actually finn wolfhard and not the ghost and then she whispers something to her laughing and then again, babysitter lady screams and then it pans out through a door and closes the door and that's the end. I'm like, which one of these (laughs) is supposed to be the clear ending? I don't even know. Like, there is no clear ending. There's nothing in this movie that's clear at all. (laughs) Oh, man. It's insane.
1: Oh Yeah, it was so bad. He was just like, you know what? uh, This
0: is so this is so inside, but I'm going to make one that's even more inside. You know, it's just like, but either one of them, it's too inside for anybody to know what's going on.
1: Exactly. It was just. Oh, man, that was a great pick. And I understand
0: um, that it's start. based off of I think it's based off of a book or a story called The Turn of the Screw, I think. And I, I haven't read that, to be fair, but I'm just like, I don't imagine that the ending was that. Or if it was, it was maybe explained a little bit better. I can only hope, yeah. you know, it's
1: It has to be better than that. Right. I mean, my goodness, it, it 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 absolutely must, must, must be better than that. Right. Um, And then uh, Sterling, another one that he had listed on here um, was all M. Night Shyamalan movies after The Sixth Sense. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this is every one of them
1: <laughs> yeah every i know i understand
0: a few of them because i know jason i know you've mentioned before the village is not you know oh <laughs> god i forgot to mention not it not yes. one of your favorites and that's fair no and um yeah. i know he has issues with that and then also with the lady in the water one and signs mm-hmm. being the fact that the aliens are afraid of water so why are they coming to earth like just a yeah. lots of things. <laughs> um, some of them I do not mind. Like I didn't actually mind the ending of Signs, and again, I really didn't either. Yeah, and like I said with Split, which is also M Night Shyamalan, I liked the ending of Split. Um, so there are a few that are fine, but yeah, for the Split most part, I, yeah. I do understand overall his um, his issues with <laughs> with a lot of them, and the Knowing and I guess. Unbreakable, yeah, all of them. Oh yeah. Unbreakable. Yeah. I liked the ending of Unbreakable actually. I thought that was a really good ending, but yeah, yeah, like the knowing when it's the plants, like there's just some random stuff in there that I'm like, you're (laughs) a super hit or miss, sir. I don't know what's going on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that also really just speaks to the to to how iconic the Sixth Sense ending was because Mm. that was such an incredible ending and such an incredible plot twist that it it really feels like he just, M. Night Shyamalan just felt like he needed to deliver that every time. And sometimes he just would trip over his own two feet like on these endings, like because there had to be some epic twist at the end he became he he it was like he had to hang his hat on a plot twist. And even when it didn't make sense, he just had to have one. Right. You know, and, yeah. and so it just Cause that
0: was like his thing. It, like he felt like that had to be yeah. his thing in movies. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it had to become his. Uh, he made that his identity. And I think that was just I mean. The, I just don't think that was the right direction for some of these movies like I, I mean there are definitely some I can't say all the movies after the six Sense are bad I don't think that that's true <laughs> like I mean like I enjoyed signs I enjoyed unbreakable I enjoyed split those are good films um but yeah like i think just making that his mo and thinking he needed to deliver some groundbreaking plot twist every time well then ultimately <laughs> what you wind up getting is it's so hit or miss because yeah if it, it cuz once you twist everything and if the audience immediately doesn't buy it, then it ruins that twist. Like when you get to the end of the village and you find out that all of it took place in modern times and none of it's real, actually. Well, I mean, that's upsetting, you know, right. That, that That's you know, that was upsetting in that film because of the way it was done. Like how in the world would she not know that How she would not have seen a helicopter or an airplane <laughs> or just heard a vehicle driving or just any number of things, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like any number of things. So she grew up for years in this place and never heard any of those things. I mean, just (laughs) people coming and camping and going, hey, what the heck are y'all doing? I don't know. Can we pitch our tent over here? You know, like, I mean, how come that never happened? So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, you know, it's and that's just one example. But yeah, but but I get where he's coming from when he made his M.O., the plot twist. It's just a a lot of them (laughs) did not work, or at least you can argue they didn't work to the effect of Sixth Sense. He never got that magic again, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But other than that, um, those were like the main ones that he mentioned. Oh, and yes, he he's got War of the Worlds on here. Now, I didn't really see that film. Did you see War of the Worlds?
0: I did um but i'll be honest i don't remember how it ends it was a long time well, ago that,
1: well that might explain it's <laughs> well, not memorable if you didn't remember yeah. How it end, yeah if it wasn't memorable enough for you to remember the ending then that probably explains why it's on his worst <laughs> endings list
0: <laughs> and i think so yeah we'll take- his his worst <laughs> alternate i think was also the turning right
1: oh it sure was yeah yeah Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's fair. That is definitely right up there with the worst ending and alternate. There's just no good ending to that movie. (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs) No offense to the people who made it, but it's not good. (laughs) But there were a couple of um, a couple of fan comments that I wanted to mention just very briefly. Um, we talked a little bit about Avengers Endgame cause that was a big one that people had mentioned. I had a few people mm-hmm. that we saw that mentioned La La Land as an ending they did not like, which is interesting for me. Um, I actually disagree with that. I think we actually kind of all disagreed with that because it's, yeah, we did. it's a beautiful movie and I get like, I understand why people wouldn't because it's sad. It's depressing. They don't actually end up together but overall, I mean, it's, it's just cool that it shows you that, um, even, even if you don't end up with the people you think you're going to, they were still important in your life for a reason. And you can still be, it shows that you can still be happy, even if it's not the ending you expected that it was going to be for you and the person you loved, you know? So I, I appreciate that they did that ending. I know we all kind of, Thought that that was a really good way to go with it, you know, and like, and you mentioned too about, you know, looking back and seeing, oh, if we had made different choices in different points in life, where would we be? You know, and it kind of has that sequence where it shows you if this had been done differently, if this different choice was made at this time, maybe they would have ended up together, but they didn't. Yeah, And it shows that, you know what, that's okay because they're still happy for each other and they're still happy overall in general, mostly. And and that's okay too. And I I like that they did that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They were still both an instrumental part of helping each other reach what they always wanted. You know, they both got their dream in the end. She became the movie star she was trying to be. He became he got his club and his jazz club and it was full and everybody was in there. And he had a wall of appreciation for jazz music Mm. and everything. So they really had helped each other accomplish their dreams. And sometimes that comes with the cost of not necessarily being together, but that time together was still significant. It still meant something. And maybe there are some regrets, but Hey, that's life. And it's still nice that you have that person at least get you to a certain point in your life where you could be happy, even though you're not spending that happiness with that person. And I think that's beautiful, man, because yeah. that very much is life. You know, yes, we all want it to work out. Yes, we all would prefer just the storybook happy ending. But don't forget about those people along the way, man that were a significant part of your life, even if it didn't become a person you talk to every day or doesn't become that big, real happily ever after relationship still meant something, man. The bonds that you formed, the significant bonds that you form. Yeah,
0: 100 percent. And yeah, it's I think it's beautiful and it's it's actually very hopeful, even though it is sad. And I totally get why people don't. if you're not a sad endings or happy endings movie person, I could see why you might not like it because it's a happy ending in a different way. But it's still very hopeful because, I mean, even that last scene when you see, you know, Emma Stone's character looking back on him and, you know, just giving him a little smile, like a nod of acknowledgement kind of thing. And he does it back and, you know, it's that understood, like, we're both okay, you know, and I, I liked how they did that for sure. I thought that was really good. Um, And then just another, another one quickly I did just because for me personally, I agree the, the ending to us, I think was a great ending because it had, yeah, yeah, it had a little bit of that twist to it where, um, you know, Lupita's character is actually the, the tethered but she switched places with the original her and it's it's really well done how they do that so i appreciated that ending and then of course yeah. i got we got to talk about this one because everybody in the world talks about this one the ending of game of thrones so many people oh, yeah. Yeah. did not like this ending and i totally get why it was super rushed it felt very rushed and i think that mm-hmm. they should have done at least a couple more episodes to sort of play out some parts of it a little bit better than they did. Um, I honestly, I don't think it was a bad season overall and I don't even like hate the very end of it. I I liked it mostly, but I do see why so many people were kind of disappointed with it, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm in a similar boat with you overall. um, Man, Game of Thrones was a wonderful series and overall that last season had some great moments had some memorable moments and everything like that but like you said what we probably just needed a few more episodes or maybe even just another season maybe we needed to split the the Night King incident you know the Night King's the struggle with him maybe that needed its own time to season to develop then the Cersei stuff and the and uh and Daenerys and all of that that needed its own season but to have it all in one season that is a lot of big events you had to kill the Night King you had to have uh you had to kill you had to defeat and kill Cersei you had to have um Daenerys turn and become the adversary and then you had to beat her and then you had to tie up all the loose ends and figure out what we were going to do to Westeros that is a lot
0: yeah in
1: one season six (laughs) episodes to cover I mean if you just think about all those big events normally in Game of Thrones one of those things happens in a season Yeah, but this had all of that in one season. So, yeah, I get where fans are coming from, though. I think they're hating on it too much. It wasn't just absolute garbage. You know, I don't agree with the harsh criticisms that it gets of being absolute garbage. I, I wouldn't. I think that's being a bit overdramatic. It wasn't that bad, guys. But yes, could it have been improved? Yes
0: yeah i mean i think ultimately the biggest problem with it is because it was so rushed some of the character development suffered a lot in that last season because the whole thing about john's parentage and where he came from and like that wasn't even really explored as much as it should have been considering how big of a deal they made of it throughout a lot of the show and even the part with Danny and John and like how John decides he's going to kill Danny and it happens like not even halfway through the final episode. And there was such a big yeah. build up to everything around that, that it just happened so quickly and suddenly. And it just, it, it, you know, I just feel like a lot of that, it, it was very rushed. And um, I guess the word would be um, like, I don't know, just not satisfying, maybe like to, or week, maybe week. Yeah, it was just a week, yeah. a week way to end that whole dynamic of what happened with Danny and John and Danny's turn into mm-hmm. being insane like her dad. Um, and also with Cersei, because, I mean, she was the main villain of this show for yeah. the entire time. And then in her last season or last few episodes, she barely gets any dialogue. You know, and her way out was like, I get like why that's how she died. But I mean, you don't even really get that, like that final sense of how important her character was because of how quickly she died in it, you know, and also with Jamie, like they just didn't get that. mm -hmm. I understand the death they had, but they didn't really get that, that last moment to shine as the characters they were for eight years before they died. And and yeah. I know Game of Thrones has their way of just doing the surprise and not caring who they kill off, but those characters were around for so long and you feel like there was so much more about to happen with them before the ending of the show that it, they just should have gotten a little bit better of a send off with some of these characters.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I think that's just such a great way to put it um, that that just characters who you thought should have gotten a better send off really didn't. And yeah, things that you thought you, you just saw missed opportunities, like things that you thought might happen just didn't or uh, and like you said, just characters changing really who they are because they need to make decisions in order for this narrative to move forward. You right. know, th- th- there were just things like that, like. Them sitting all sitting at the table discussing who gets what land and them going, well, yeah, all this land is going to go to to my relatives and then the other people in the other kingdoms having no objections like, you know, there are just things, you know, there are just things that it, it just didn't feel like what you had been watching because and you knew why they were they nobody had any objections because we got to get to the end of this so yeah, everybody's got to totally. cooperate right here, even though they totally would not. I mean, we saw <laughs> right. all kinds of conspiracies and this, that, and the other, uh, uh, killing and people doing all kinds of backhanded stuff in Game of Thrones for less. And you mean to tell <laughs> me this conversation about the kingdom happens that quickly? So you know, right. th- there are things, but uh yeah, it just it just needed more time, man. Like you said, it just needed to develop these ideas. We got the ideas there. We got to see them happen. But we just needed the time to flesh these things out. And that's just so important when you're ending something.
0: For sure. Yeah. And exactly like we were talking about at the beginning where you're investing all of this time in these characters and these storylines that everybody Mm -hmm. wants that satisfying ending. And so many people felt like they didn't get it. Um, But I do want to say shout out to the fact that season eight had one of my favorite scenes ever, which is when Arya kills the Night King. I don't care if that was supposed to happen or not, but that was the most epic thing I've ever seen on TV. So I think that it had some of the greatest moments of the whole show, even if it didn't end well.
1: Oh yeah. Arya is definitely one of the MVPs if not the oh, yeah. MVP. She was great. I loved her entire story. And I like how that and that was one of the stories I was fine uh with how it ended. I mean, some people wanted that kill at the end, but I think the resolve and um the and everything that happened with her and the hound um I think that was a very fitting way to end it. And like you said, she got her big moment with the Night King. So you really didn't need that last moment and I like that the the human side of her was appealed to and everything like that with the hound and their relationship. That kind of got some closure. So, you know what? I was cool with what happened to her. She, she was one of the better parts of oh yeah the series. Well, really, the one of the better parts of the entire series, but definitely one of the shining stars of the season. Yeah. That final season.
0: And yeah. it's because overall they did do well at fleshing out her character from beginning to end. So I think that's why yeah. she was such a yeah. MVP of the show. But um, are there any other um, fan comments that you wanted to discuss, Justin?
1: Um, I mean, the only ones that I think I will quickly mention just because we kind of Got into this conversation a bit and we don't have to go into super detail, but uh, we did mention we did at least want to acknowledge that seven and the usual suspects got a quite a bit of votes. Um and, and, and we get it, you know, or at least I get it. I get that those movies have very awesome endings. When you get to the end of usual suspects and you find out who Kaiser Shose is, or when you get to the end of Seven and and it's all been this elaborate plot to make the detective commit wrath and uh, his wife's head is in a box and he commits and so then he can't resist and he actually kills the serious Killer. Those are some very creative endings. However, I w- I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the fact that there is controversy, especially when you're looking at the actor Kevin Spacey and people like that. So we've been sort of a little hesitant to give full praise to those things because you feel like you have to put a disclaimer in there. It doesn't mean we condone what this guy did or we're celebrating this guy. Um, We're overlooking what happened with the allegations and everything of Kevin Spacey and just looking past it and saying, we don't care about that. We're going to talk about his good movies. I don't want to give that impression. Um, And I know that Sterling would say the same thing too but we thought it was at least worth mentioning them just because they did get a lot of votes but those but that's kind of what some of our thoughts were on uh mentioning those films
0: yeah for sure no i agree with that um awesome
1: yeah, i think other that's, than that yeah, yeah. I mean, Was that it that's it for me you want to wrap us up awesome so thanks everyone for listening to another fantastic episode of Cinema Slayers. Please go to our um, Facebook and like our like page at Um, Cinema Slayers podcast Um, we've also got our Instagram cinema underscore slayers Um, we've also got the Twitter page for Cinema Slayers and just stay tuned man we're always trying to put out content every single week we've got uh, several different mediums where you can get those iTunes, Spotify, all of those different mediums you can access our podcast episodes and we just want to hear from you as well what are some of your favorite endings if you didn't get to chime in on our question questionnaire then chime in after you see the episode let us know what you're thinking and let us know if there are some other subjects that you want us to cover we're trying to be here for you guys we're trying to deliver some quality content and of course we're going to cover as many movies streaming theater whatever that we can and um, hopefully we are entertaining you and giving you Uh, A nice distraction uh, during these trying times for all of us. Thanks for listening, guys.
0: Sterling, play music.